We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's time to wake up with a nice cup of morning roast. Featuring the Billboard's finest, Monte Hill. <laughs> A lot of blue and gold uniforms in the stands tonight. They will go home happy as the Warriors start their four-game road trip off on the right foot. Your final, Golden State 123, Washington 112. Oh, baby, my boy Kevin, dead on a call right here on 95-7 the game as the Warriors get back on track and win their 11th game in their last 14 tries, smoking the Wizards in the second half, beating them by 11, and they covered the spread. We're going to get all into it for the morning roast. Um, it is a Warriors roast. we got to fix SP camera. FP is a guest host. It's filling in for Joe Shasky to butcher. Get his camera right. Dude, I'm trying to do it right now. I'm oh, like, boy. Please. Yeah, Love, no, London will save you. No Love will save you. I got like, a shot of the roof right now. Not like an old guy who doesn't know how to work the new technology. It's, it probably looks better with the roof versus yeah, probably. Face. <laughs> probably. I can look at the roof all day long. Uh, by, the morning, by the way, good morning to everybody on YouTube. Twitch brought to you by First NorCal Credit Union. Upgrade your savings dividend. Open a First NorCal First Class. Money market today. Comcast business text line, of course. We love you. We love you. We love you. And the Warriors Wednesday brought to you by Freeman's Appliance. They trust the name since 1922. Visit freemansappliance.com today. Warriors get back on track. That was a two-point game at the half. We're going to get all into the game. Clay got hot. Chris Paul's return after Andrew Wiggins missed the game uh, due to personal reasons. Jordan Poole, though, to me. Just seeing him, obviously, the former Warrior, helped him win the championship a couple seasons ago. We all know what happened last year with Draymond Green. Boy, I I got to say, man, watching him yesterday, and you could see why they made the move for Chris Paul. Last night was the perfect. Now, it's the Washington Wizards, and they don't have, you know, they're not a good team. They give them 124 points a game. They've only won three home games. They've lost 12 straight games. They're playing for nothing. I mean, it is a nothing organization, FP, right now. So I kind of feel bad for the kid. But the difference between Chris Paul and Jordan Poole stabilizing the second unit. That's what Steve Kerr wanted from JP last year. For whatever reason, it didn't happen. Six turnovers for Jordan Poole. He had more turnovers than made field goals. And just his body language, his movement. That kid is broken right now, man. It was tough to watch him try to play basketball last night, FP. Good morning to you, by the good way. Good morning, man. Uh, great job on the pre and post yesterday. Go sure. watch you guys. A good game last night. And I was saying I wasn't excited about CP3 coming back. But, dude, he he 
yeah he's solid yeah like it's not flashy he's just solid he just (laughs) kind of locks him in and jordan Poole, man that that was hard to watch i felt bad for him last night like i felt it's hard to feel bad for a guy making that much money but like he he was so big in their championship run their last Mm -hmm. championship run and then to watch him he looked defeated like he looked sad and sometimes as an athlete when you see your old team that's an emotional thing for you you're like oh man i wish i was still there but like to be relegated to purgatory basically with the wizards <laughs> and just the way he w- his body language said more to me than his performance last night but it it didn't he didn't look physically like he looked with the warriors mm-hmm. maybe a little bit um not not as shredded i guess right. but like yeah it's just the way he went about it last night i felt bad for him man he just he and doesn't we get his heads up on yesterday defense. we were joking right. about the whole Draymond thing yeah what nobody what wants to see a fight we, yeah. we, no of course not we were just having fun no, with that but like uh it, it was just hard to watch him last night. It was great to watch the dubs. Right. Uh, they were sloppy at times, whatever. Big uh, sloppy. Big, yeah. big sloppy at times. You're like, man, lock it in. Uh, Moody playing last night, man. That, yeah. that was great to see. Stay ready, Moody, right? That's. Dude, can you that's, describe what it's like being a professional? Because you know what it's like to maybe you go four for five one day. You don't play the next day. Then you pitch hit the next day. Then it's like, what am I going to start again? Moses Moody is racked up DMP after DMP. And folks, you know what DMPs are. Do not play. Did not play. And Moody all of a sudden goes from not playing to starting in place of Andrew Wiggins. Now look, 4-7 for the three-point line, but it's not just the points. Look at the hustle. The hustle. Jumping out of bounds. The first possession of the second half, he jumps into the stands to save a basketball that leads to an alley-oop dunk. He hits a three after making Landry Shemit touch the court with a great move, and he just goes on about his business. Can you speak to the professionalism an athlete has to have like him, where you're not a star, you're trying to find your way in the league, you may not, you don't know when your minutes are going to come, but when your number's called, you're ready to roll. That's who Moses Moody is. It's Look, I don't know what he is as a player, FP, but he's always ready to roll, no matter what role it is. He seems like a chill dude, and usually those guys can handle the ups and downs better than a type A guy that's, you know, a go, right. go, go. So the fact that he stayed ready, the fact that Chris Paul didn't play for 21 days, whatever it was, 21 days? Mm-hmm. Uh, 21 games. 21 yeah. games, uh, and he came out and just did what he did. You get into a rhythm, you get into a flow. And when that's taken away from you, then you get out there and the game's moving fast. And for the, both of those guys, the pro, uh, the professionalism to slow it down last night, to be able to contribute, the hustle, the effort. That play was number four, I think, on a Sports Center top ten, where Moody threw it. Right. He threw it to half court, too. Right. That was huge. Because if he throws it under his own basket, that's dangerous. It's a lay up. Yeah, and, and then Steph does the hook shot alley oop. Right. Oh, that was sick. That was sick. But yeah, and then that, what the, the three pointers that he made. So yeah, it was cool to see both of those guys last night, and, and then Clay. I mean, Clay. The, you, great interview with him, by the way, after the game. And and he just seemed like he's at peace with everything. He's at peace with where he is in his career. He's at peace with coming off the bench. He, he said some big things to you guys last night. There yeah. were some big quotes in that interview about just how he feels more relaxed right. coming off the bench. Yeah, he has and no he, problem with it. He doesn't feel the pressure. I, you know, I was like, whoa, man, this is one of the greatest players in the history of the game, right? Future Hall of Famer. Future Hall we of we Famer. talked about it yesterday. Two Hall of Famers coming off right. the bench. Like, what a luxury for Steve. And that's all you heard in the post-game sound. I got two... Future Hall of Famers coming off the bench. What a luxury that is, how deep they are. But yeah, man, his attitude and the smile on his face in his interview last night, it seems like it's just it, it it's taken the weight of the world off his shoulders coming yep. off the bench. Bonte, that's perspective. Man. That's attitude. Because if he didn't have that, he could be fighting this still. Yep. And he just let his guard down. He's like, hey, this is pretty cool. I get to sit around for a couple of minutes before I go in the game. Dude, you know, <laughs> I'm glad you opened that up because I've been 
labeled as the biggest Clay apologist on this station. And I and I am an apologist for Clay Thompson. You know, I, I our greatest memory is watching basketball. He's involved in it. Um, we know all the historic moments he's had with this franchise, helping them win their fourth championship, playing the most minutes during that postseason run after missing after going through nine hundred and forty one days of rehab. Um, and to see to hear fans who, you know, I got a guy Sabo on YouTube, and uh, everybody out there at radio is probably like, "Who the hell is Sabo?" Well, this kid, he tweets at us, and I love Sabo. He's one of our roasters. He, he tweets at us every day and YouTube or whatnot. And he's always ripping Clay, ripping Clay, ripping Clay. So I asked him to say, "You know, when did you become a Warrior fan?" And he goes, "2013." So that right there told me he lacked perspective of what his organization was, and also who Clay was as a player. You know, obviously he came around and Clay, all he knows is, oh man, the up and down Clay. Look, Clay's not the same player he was. He understands that. As you said, perspective. But the, if you don't think that there's teams out there that would pay him over 20, 25 million. Now, I heard the guys last week, Steiny Goo, Willard Dibbs on a crossover. I forgot who's. Does Clay even get 20 million next year, a year? Are you an idiot? Of course he's getting twenty million a year. <laughs> at least but there's an article in Hoops Hype and Lubman, we were talking last night. The Orlando Magic is a team I identify right away in the league. When you look at salary caps and money structures and who needs what, the Orlando Magic is one of the top teams in the Eastern Conference. They're terrible when it comes to three point shooting. You don't think if they slotted a Clay Thompson into their backcourt to play alongside Paulo Bancara and Wagner, who command double teams and get to the rim, and they can kick it out the wide-open shooter like Klay Thompson? You don't think a team like Orlando would spend money on Klay Thompson? Are you crazy? The Philadelphia 76ers are going to have over $60 million in cap space, FP, with Joel Embiid and Tyrese Maxey. You don't think they would love a shooter like Klay Thompson? Klay Thompson... Is going to get paid, folks, and I hope he gets paid by the Golden State Warriors. Yeah, I was just going to say. Like, I want him to be a warrior for life. How fortunate we would be to see a trio together and retire together like a Manu Ginobili, Tony. I know Tony Parker went on to Charlotte Hornets for a year or whatever. Tim Duncan retired. But, uh, but I mean, Clay Thompson, a perspective, as you mentioned, how could you not root for a guy like that? And then label him, hey, he's selfish. He's not a good teammate. He doesn't want to come up the bench. The bench has nothing to do with anything. I'm telling you guys. All these players keep telling you, whether it's Chris Paul, Clay Thompson, it's not about who starts. It's about they want to be in the last five minutes of the game. But how can I impact the game? How can I put myself in position to be in the game in the last five minutes of the game? By playing well in the first, second, third quarters and playing your playing your heart out. And since Clay Thompson has been moved to the bench, at peace, play solid basketball. Bonte, it might get to a point where he doesn't want to start anymore. Might not. He might be so comfortable with this role and be so successful in it. He's like, why did I fight it for a second? Right. But yeah. I think, I, dude, we, we all want our superstars and guys that have done so much for us as fans to end their career with the team that they've been with the whole time. Like, that's the romantic side of it. But then you got the business side of right. it, too. And then like I think the thing that Clay has to obviously stay in the moment, right? He's excited to go to right. New York and play the Knicks, and you know, you got to be in the moment. But, right. but when it's all said and done, if you go for a money grab, the decisions we make in life are the ones I've made based on solely money have been the wrong decisions. Yep. So like maybe he takes it's not a hometown discount. Like he's right. not gonna get screwed by the Warriors, but wouldn't we all like to see him like Right off into the sunset, or mm -hmm. in, in his boat in the sunset, right? As a warrior, I, I don't, I, dude. I just can't think of him in another uni. There's certain players. I think we're going to get into this today too. That there's certain players 
throughout the course of our fandom that just it just doesn't hit it just doesn't sit right to right. see him in a different uniform. Right. Like it, it's gross sometimes. It is. Like Joe Montana is a Kansas City Chief. Like I mean, just that's the first one that comes to mind. And now Jordan it, is a wizard. Dude, even Brandon Crawford, who's not in the same category. Right. Well, maybe and then not, it's probably not as Clay, but like to see him in a Cardinals uniform, right. it just looks. It just it just looks wrong, funky. dude. Looks it's wrong. Yeah, Clay in another uniform would not look right whatsoever. But you know, Dublin Marge on YouTube. Good morning, Dublin Marge. Bate, the short game must be easier for Clay Thompson. Maybe it is, but he's still playing twenty eight minutes a night. He played twenty seven minutes last night, Marge. So he's still getting his minutes. They just look different. He's just playing at different points. And now you add him with Chris Paul. And you add him with Dario Sharch and Cherise Jackson Davis. And all of a sudden you see the space you got on the floor, you're like Chris Paul is going to benefit from Clay Thompson. There's a play. And Anthony Slater is going to join us later on today at 8.30. Anthony Slater, our 95-70 game insider. And he chronicled this play perfectly in his article last night. There's a play where Clay's rolling. He is rolling. And Chris Paul tells Kaminga, I'm going to need you to slip the screen. They're going to be wide open because two guys are going to go with Clay Thompson because of the gravity he has as a shooter. And when he's rolling, teams are like, oh my gosh, 911, alert, alert, alert. We got to find number 11. We got to find him here. And then he's rolling for 13 points in the third quarter. He comes off a screen. Two guys jump out at Clay. Could be a wide open duck. Chris Paul realizes that. Also, Chris Paul, who's shooting, look, his last 14 games before the injury, he's shooting 40% from three. So his shots started coming around. He's going to be for Clay Thompson because he's going to get wide open shots. So all the trickle down effect that Clay Thompson cut off the bench and helping other guys out, he still has that gravitational pull. It's not like Steph's, but he still has it. And you'll be a fool not think that. Just watch the freaking game. Watch the game. There's mistakes they made last night that they can't make against good teams to get away with it. They got away with some sloppy play. And the Wizards could do. The Wizards came out. Remember, you saying like the younger teams? They right. were flying all over. They were. The, the ball movement was sweet. I'm like, uh oh. They and wanted I to thought, win. I thought, uh oh. <laughs> they wanted to win. FP. Bad unis, by the way. Terrible but, unis. I don't even know the District of Columbia. What color scheme? The yeah, power. They're... The power was out when they. <laughs> wow. When they designed those unis, <laughs> they designed those unis in the dark. Uh, no, but just just watching them and and and, and Chris Paul like th that effect last night. And the more I watched. Kaminga on a daily basis, and the more I watch him develop, dude, I just see Dominique Wilkins. I saw it wow. a bunch of times last night with the the the, the fadeaway off the glass. Mm -hmm. Nobody uses a glass anymore. And then all he played in the air last night. He was over the rim all night last night. And I just see I see his game a lot like Dominique Wilkins. That's I do. A, that's a good call here. I want to get the text line involved. Eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero. Look, we're not going to pop champagne. Over beating the Washington Wizards, man. That, you know, wins at times that was a win, struggle, dude. but it wins a win, and you gotta you gotta go. It's three games over five hundred. Got twenty five left. Let's roll, baby. The Knicks are banged but, up. Wins a win. Yeah, you know, you can get a winning road trip here. You can get greedy Friday. Maybe you go three and one on this road trip. If you can get the three and one on this road trip, and then get two days off, and then you host the Bucks, who's not playing defense, and the Bulls and the Spurs, you got a chance to stack some wins here before the schedule gets even tougher because you do have the Mavericks uh, three times, and that's the team you're chasing in the top seven. You don't have the Kings anymore. You're going to play the Pelicans at some point. You got to stack wins here, so it doesn't matter. We're not going to nitpick about that. It's about form, as you mentioned yesterday. As we get to March, FP, and the calendar flips, and this is a good time to basketball. Now things are College basketball is cranking up. I know we're not watching it, but we'll all fill out a bracket. You know, NBA, now we're starting to get to the stretch drive with 25 games left here, the quarter mark here, uh, with the season, the quarter, quarter of the season left. 
It's go time. And so, no, we're not going to nitpick here, but 888-957-9570, I just like the form, especially in that third quarter. What did you guys think of Chris Paul coming back and stabilizing that second unit? Clay Thompson coming off the bitch. And J.K., of course, being back with 21-6-5. You're right, 10-13. of 13. And what I loved about Kaminga last night, FP, he didn't take one three-point shot. What does that tell me? His shot selection is getting so much better. And that's what the coaching staff wants. He can hit the three. I'm not saying he can't shoot the three, but he's being more selective. And he said, you know what? This team, they need me to drive to the cup. They need me to hit the mid-range jumper, and that's what I'm going to do. Dude, there was Wizards last night making business decisions when Kaminga was coming down oh, the lane. They're just getting out of the way. <laughs> but he had a clear path to the basket. Uh, and, we, and when you talk about winning on the road, Bonte, like – to me, winning on the road is so much more important. You're like, oh yeah, you're in a hostile environment. They've won six games in a row on the road. Um, but when you win on the road, when you win at home, you have a good time in the in the locker room, and then you go to your families, you go to your house. When you win on the road, you have a good time in the locker room. Mm-hmm. You get on the bus, the bus is fun. Right. You get to the airport, the plane is fun. You get to the other city, the bus to the to the hotel is fun. I wonder how long they stayed out in New York City. I, I don't know, <laughs> but like. It, it resonates more and it and it builds more momentum because you're together as a group. Like mm-hmm. you're all together. It's just the guys on the road. And so when you win, you have the happy flight, you have the happy bus rides, you have the happy bus rides to the arena the next game. There's moment there's more momentum when you right. win on the road. So I mean, you if they would have lost that game, it would have been a quiet bus ride to the airport, probably a quiet flight to New York, even though it's a quick one. Like yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like yep. maybe they took the train. I don't know. Did they take the train? I don't, I don't they, think they, so. They, I think they probably flew. We used to rent that. They used to did the whole train. Because I got a text from Raider Ritter. back in the day. Let me see. They, they probably got back last night. I think they got back last. It's a night. three hour train ride. Yeah, they they traveled last night. So probably a plane. Probably a plane because the plane. How how long is the plane ride from DC to forty minutes? But but then the the bus ride from the airport where they fly into New Jersey, you flying to JFK, or you flying to LaGuardia. The bus ride to, to Manhattan downtown is longer than the flight. <laughs> Even if you get in at well, yeah, you never know because you can get in late and there's construction everywhere. Right. You're like oh no traffic and then right. they got lanes closed and it still takes a long time. Oh boy, but you know they're the warriors. They probably had like highway patrol, police escort, or whatnot. You can get that, right? And oh, some teams pay for that and get straight to the hotel. Of course. Go have some fun in New York City and get ready for the New York Knicks tomorrow night. Feel good. Feel good about that win last night, though. Let's go to Ben and Livermore real quick. Ben and Livermore, what's happening? You're on the roast. Bonte, what's going on, man? How you doing? What's up, Ben? Say what's up to FP. We got FPS Santangelo in here, man. FP, how you doing, FP, man? Good morning, Ben. Good morning. I listen every morning, but real quick, last night, Bonte, on the Warriors postgame show, my son, he's seven years old. He got to meet you at the Warriors parade, but he saw you last night. And we listen every morning at 8 o'clock on our way to school, and he loves the old baby in the morning. And so last night he was asking about Shasky because ever since he heard about Shasky's dad, he's been telling people, oh, Shasky's dad passed away. And people were like, who's Shasky? <laughs> right? So huh. I was wondering, can you give my son a shout-out at 8 o'clock after the old baby, man? He's seven years old, man. He listens to you every morning. And uh, and he pays attention, man. And he 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 really appreciates your show, and he's a fan of you and Shasky, man. I appreciate that. What's your son's name? My son's name is Austin. Austin, Austin. All right, Austin. We got you, man. Shout out to Austin right now in case I forget. Austin, man, hit the books. Crack the books. Thank you for the call, Ben, uh, in Livermore. Hopefully uh, he cracks those books, man, has a good day at school. But I'm glad he's watching. Glad a lot of people are watching uh, as we were at the gatehouse yesterday because Madonna was in town. 
Madonna's in did town she, today she, and tomorrow. Bonte, did you see? She fell hard at her last show before Where, in Sacramento. She came, yeah, whatever the one was before she got Sacramento? here. Sacramento. She went down, dude. She went down hard, and she at like a pro. She just kept singing, bounced up. I mean, she had. They were out there last. How, night. how old is Madonna? I was just ow, googling ow. that. I was just googling that because uh, she's back tonight. She's doing another back-to-back nights. Uh, Madonna is. You can't stop her. She's sixty-five years old 65 years old I, I didn't even know i would have gone last night i'm an i'm an 80s kid man you like I, I, you, I would, gone. you should yeah, have gone no, material, world. Us, material world was uh, she didn't get on stage till 10 o'clock one of my favorite videos ever when she, she was in the pink dress with the gloves and the and all the the diamonds and the pearls and yeah that was one of my favorites uh no, no. <laughs> i just said that on air by the way that was out loud my bad no <laughs> She didn't get on stage till 10 o'clock. Dude, what I've learned is until 7, my inside voice just comes out. There's no filter. From 6 no to 7. Filter. No, that's I've good. I've learned doing this with you. you have no it's filter just like from I, 6 to I 10. Said, I've said some things from 6 to 7. I'm just like, that just came out loud. Well, usually I'm not the, up yet, dude. Well, usually the wacky hour is 9 to 10 on yeah. the show. Oh, really? Because we run out of Steve. Well, right. Shasky runs out of Steve. <laughs> and then he blames it all on us. We're running out of Steve. It's like, dude, speak for yourself, buddy. Speak for yourself. <laughs> but you know what? Speaking of Shasky, because I was talking to Lubman last night, because Clay was like, you know, Bonte, I'm just relaxed, yada, yada, yada. And Lubman goes, I know you felt that. I can hear you beaming through the air. I can Same hear- old Clay to me. Same old Clay to me. Same old shot. Clay, I ride with you. But, you know, a lot of you wrote, and you guys know who you are out there. Media members, fans, so-called fans. Again, I, I just, as a Dove fan, how could you not root for one year old at Clay Thompson? Are you going receipts right now? I, 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 no, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I, I, Brian and PPA, he's the only guy, one of the few guys I tweet, Brian and PPA. I also tweet Tyler Merrick of the rosters as well. But, you know, I was like, BPA, talk to me, man. Because I hear people say, well, Clay sucked for the last two years. He's he's stuck. But how the hell does a guy stink when he leads the league and made threes and shoots 41% from the perimeter? And by the way, he sucked so bad since since January 1st. It's the calendar flipped. And he's got on a major slump, FP. Major slump. You look, up, you look up at the numbers overall, 18 points a game, 37.5% from the three-point line, nearly 43% from the floor. Those are career laws, efficiency. But you know how many guys in the league will take those numbers right now and try to go get $30 million a year off of those numbers? 18 points a game since January 1st, 37.5% from three. And that's a career, career low for uh, uh, Clay Thompson. Russell Westbrook would die for that. Damian Lillard would die for percentages like that. So this whole thing that Clay sucked the last two years, I don't subscribe to it. I never have. I never will. It puts some respect on his damn name. For once, for crying out loud. He set the bar high. He set the bar high. He set the bar high. In the perspective, let's get the perspective of Clay Thompson. We got to sound from his interview last night on NBC Sports Bay Area. Clay Thompson's rolling. The Warriors get a big win to start the road trip off. That six straight road wins, as FP just mentioned, seven, seven of their last eight. Remember last year, they won 11 road games. 11. Well, they've already surpassed that mark to play it better. Warriors get the big win last night. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. DC, we're talking about it here on the Rose. Brought to you by Fremont Bank. Full service bank. You know, compromises. Fumbled by Holmes, goes to Chris Paul. Underhand scoop over to Moses Moody at the foul line, looking for a friend. Back to Clay Thompson for a right wing three. Yes, indeedy, Graffiti. It's 33-30. This is Clay Thompson, and you are listening to the Morning Roast on 95-7 The Game. You better not be roasting. Bonte, is, is this your walk-up song? This is my walk-up song right Like here. a virgin? I'm telling you, it's the last time the Niners won a Super Bowl. You're engaged Before, now. This is hey, your walk-up last song. Last time the Niners won a Super Bowl, I was a virgin. <laughs> couldn't, couldn't, didn't even know how to spell sex. <laughs> Thanks, 49ers. <laughs> yeah, give me that. Killer Clay. Hey, by the way, Killer Clay. Like a virgin. You know I'm not roasting you, baby. I would never do that. Same old Clay to me. Same old Clay to me. He liked that. He liked that. Same old Clay to me. Same old Clay to me. <laughs> it's fire. What's your Madonna music knowledge? Is it is it bad? It's pretty bad. Lucky I mean, Star. You Lucky know, Star. Dude. You're young. Lucky Star. It's good. It's a good song. That is. Express yourself. That's good. You know. I only know because of last night. Was, it, was Express Yourself the, the controversial video? I can't remember. Anyways. All I know is Madonna. I know more about Madonna hooking up with dudes than actually making music. Jose Canseco. Dennis Rodman. This guy, Haitian Jack, who was a gangster. Uh, it was called, uh, uh, what was this show I was watching? It was a four-part series. 40 Years of Hip Hop or something hip hop. And it had like this this game member from L.A. They had Haitian Jack in New York City. I know our audience would know this because they watch some of the same things we watch. They had this other guy from New York City. Um, they had another guy from Detroit. And this guy, Haitian Jack, was in Atlanta. He was like, y'all left him down in the studio by yourself? And that's so you know this guy, Haitian Jack, who was a gangster from, was it Harlem? Was it Brooklyn? Forget forget which borough. But anyway, he started hooking up with uh, <laughs> Madonna. Go figure. Go figure. Good for him. Good for her. Good for them. By the way, Chase is going to have a lot of concerts. We had uh, 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 Sheena Way on yesterday. She runs all everything at uh, Chase Center in terms of the events. I'll get her correct title in just a second here. Give me a second, FP. But she said that Jenny Jackson's coming to town. Wow. Bad Bunny's there this weekend. Let's go. Uh, uh, Lo's coming to Chase Center. Dude, I want Bad Bunny tickets. You want Bad Bunny tickets? You can yeah. just walk into Chase Center. You're the owner of this. Yeah. I mean, you know, as the unofficial mayor of the city, FP, I grant you access to the Chase Center. Is Kendall Jenner coming? That's all I want to know. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Wait, you're the unofficial mayor of the, of San Francisco? You didn't know that? I, I I mean I knew King of the Bay Area Media. I didn't know that you were also well, mayor. Of you San guys Francisco. named me King of the Bay Area Media. I've always named myself the unofficial mayor of the city. 
Well, then give me some tickets. Shasky may know a lot about the city, but he don't cross the Excelsior. I want to see Bad Bunny. Uh, city that Bonte built. And Kendall Jenner. You want to see? Why do you want to see Kendall Jenner? I don't know. It just cuts. You like you some Kendall Jenner? I, I think they make a really nice couple. Sheena Wave, Vice President of Content and Programming at Chase Center Thrive City. She was so fun uh, last night. She's joined us twice. She was telling us about all the content. They got Hot Wheels coming. They got everything coming to Chase Center. A lot of fun. 888-957-9570. How are we feeling this new role for Clay Thompson? A lot of y'all screamed about Clay Thompson cut off the bench. He needs to come off the bench and play 20 minutes a game. Come off the bench and play 15 minutes a game. Come, well, now he's coming off the bench. What do you think about his performances since he's come off the bench? 888-957-9570. Clay Thompson last night on his transition to the bench becoming seamless. Pretty seamless transition. I mean, it does have its benefits as far as letting the game settle, uh, seeing the floor before you enter, and just the nerves, especially when you start, can be apparent when it's a big night. But when you're coming off the bench, a little easier to relax, and I think that my game is showing that. And then let's add this one, FP, because I want to follow up on that. I'm embracing the six-man role. He brings up Manu Ginobili again. I'm embracing it. I love it. I mean, some of the greatest to play this game have been six men's in their career. I mean, the first one that comes to my mind is Manu. And uh, we all know the Spurs want to be the franchise they are without him. So it was easy for me to make that transition. I'm not going to say it was easy, but it wasn't as difficult <laughs> as people thought. I can't think of a better backcourt coming off a bench in the league between me and Chris. So we're going to take great pride in that and try to you know, bring this team to heights we all aspire to reach. Monte, two things there. Uh, play the first one again, because it, you know the last thing he says after that first soundbite to me is the biggest thing he says in this whole interview. And if you not not that you want to sit here and nitpick, but that's a huge statement about the relaxation part. It's been a pretty seamless transition. I mean, it does have its benefits as far as letting the game settle, uh, seeing the floor before you enter, and just the nerves, especially when you start, can be apparent when it's a big night. But when you're coming off the bench, a little easier to relax, and I think that my game is showing that. A little easier to relax. You kind of see with the flow of the game. Mm -hmm. Something he's never done before yep. on a regular basis, and now all of a sudden, he's he at times... This year, and maybe even last year, he seemed to force the game and not let it come to him. And that's just a sign of being great and want to proving people wrong. And I work so hard on my rehab. I want to show people that I, I still have game. But like for him to say, this means he's he's a wrapping his head around it, and he's okay with it. Yep. But that he's not trying to force things anymore. And, and talking about the privilege it is to be an NBA player. And then I had the quote here. Uh, that he said about how he's 40 years old now, and or he's, and when he gets to be 40, right. that's right around the well, corner. He doesn't want to play. It right. sounds too hard. Yeah. Yep. That he's just he just seems to be enjoying it more. He is, and, and knowing that the end is near, yep. but also realizing that he still has a lot to offer to right. the game. Right. And just kind of like being in a really good place where, okay, I'm not the guy I used to be, but that's okay. I right. still can throw in 25 or 30 on a given night. I'm going to be the sixth man. I'm going to come off the bench. I'm more relaxed. It's, it's, it may be a leadoff hitter when you're the first guy up in the game and you're facing Roger Clemens or something or the, the best pitcher that day to hitting seventh or eighth. And when you're hitting down in the order, you could just like relax and let the game come to you and right. see what this guy's got on a given day. And you get feedback from your teammates and you're just kind of getting... You're sitting back for a right. second. I love that. That's a big quote. Dude. A big there's, quote. there's a lot of big words and, and big statements in that quote. And, and to hear him say that, FP, and to have that perspective and embracing that, hey, the end is near for all these guys. They're in their 30s. 
understanding that and embracing and cherishing the moment that like Clay said it over and over. He's one of the most honest interviews that you can have in sports, which is I don't I don't care how people could not like the guy and say bad things about him when you get answers like that, the perspective and the honesty from him. That's all I want. It gives you honest answers. And he's basically said, Look, man, I understand that I had this game taken away from me. I had it taken away from me for two full seasons. I'm just I'm happy to be playing basketball again. And yeah, I was trying in my head to be the guy that I was before the injury to prove somebody wrong or prove some dumb Twitter handles wrong or whatnot. Screw all that. Clay, you're still giving me 17. You still get your shots up off the bench. You're going to get the ball, and you're going to be the focal point of that second unit. And that's a deadly combination. Vinny Johnson and Michael Rave coming off the bench was huge for the Pistons winning back-to-back championships in the late 80s. All right? He brought up Manu Ginobili, some of the great six men of all time. I mean, come on, man. Reggie Miller transitioned later on in his career off the bench. Ray Allen ends up winning the championship with the Miami Heat coming off the bench and hitting one of the biggest shots in NBA history, sending that series to the San, uh, against San Antonio to a Game 7. So Clay having that perspective, and it his own father. I know we had Tim Kamakami on yesterday, and it was a lot different because his father was on the Showtime Lakers. He battled injuries. But even then, going from a number one pick to being a bench player, you don't think that's humbling for anybody, including his own father, Michael Thompson? So I love the perspective as well and saying that he's able to relax and embrace this role. Sure, he's not happy about it. You know, and he admitted that. He goes, yeah, sure, I'm not, not going to be happy about it. He's a competitor. What else do you want? The same thing we said the other day about Draymond Green, about, hey, we're legit title contenders. What do you want them to say? Clay Thompson said that, hey, I'm not happy about it. Shouldn't be happy about it. He's a competitor. So I, I do love those quotes as well. Those are huge quotes. Yeah, definitely. huge quotes. And you guys did a great job with that interview, but in, in, especially you. Um, but just it's all he has to do is look next to him, and it's Chris Paul sitting right next to him. That's got to help too, right? Future you, Hall of Famer, Future and, Hall of Famer, you, like yes. And you got Trace Jackson Davis driving to diving to the rim, a lob threat. You got Sarge now, who's going to space the floor as well. You saw some combinations with Sarge and TJD in the front court together. Did you get Kamiga playing with the second unit? Oh my lord, Kamiga setting screens and going to the rim, and he makes the game easier for guys like CP3 and Clay Thompson. So, and then oh by the way, he's still going to play with Steph. He's still going to play with Draymond. He's still going to play with Wiggins when he comes back. And he's probably going to be in a closing lineup more times than not. Dude, that, that one shot he made flying around the corner full speed, and he just set himself. Whenever he's got his feet underneath him and he's set, but he—I mean—he was playing hard last. Here's the quote: uh, "I would love to be a warrior for life." This is Clay. Whatever happens, though, I've got a few more years to play this game, so I'm going to enjoy every second. I realize I see the light at the end of the tunnel, and I'm not sure if I want to play until I'm 40. Man, that sounds really exhausting. Mm. I mean, d- 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 yeah. The, the more I see this, what's going on with Clay Thompson, the more he's accepting his role, the more I see the team guy in him. He's always been that guy, but like he, he's he's really likable yep. all of a sudden. Like more more, you've always loved him, and I'm sure most Warrior right. fans have. But like even now that he's he just wants to win, and he he has a perspective on like right. He's toward the end, but, but I still got well, a lot in the tank. I love this. I want to get into this because you played. Obviously, Major League Baseball, FP, and you know, you understand what it's like to be an athlete at that level. You know, guys who play basketball, play hockey, played football or whatnot. This connotation that coming off the bench is a negative thing. You know how many guys in the NBA I've seen in my lifetime that get to start and only play 12 minutes? Like JaVale McGee, for example. He's not a Clay Thompson, obviously, but JaVale McGee would start, play four minutes, doesn't play the rest of the half. Play another four minutes, start the second half, doesn't play the rest of the game. They play eight minutes. So 
the whole starting thing to me is like I, Jim McElvey. I've seen so many guys start and then they don't even play because they get out to a rough starter. Just that's just their role. They'll start. You bring somebody off the bench. That bench player gets thirty minutes a game. The whole coming off the bench. Eddie Johnson joined starting Guru the other day. He had a lifetime of just coming off the bench and lighting teams up, lighting teams up off the bench. Ricky Pierce, Dale Ellis, you name it. So he Clay mentioned Manu Ginobili. This thing that, oh, my gosh, you're a bench player now. It's not degrading. It's not a demotion, especially when you're still thir- seeing 30 minutes a game, FP. So I want to pick this up on the other side. I want to pick this up on the other side. That'll be brought to you by Fremont Bank Full Service Full service Banking. No compromises. Clay driving left of the lane. Has it on the block and has to dish it back out as Kuzma knocked him off balance. Three, another one he hits over Marvin Bagley, the third. Both of his makes have come over Bagley. Hey, Dub Nation, it's Chris Paul, and you're listening to the Morning Roast with Bonta Hill and Joe Shasky on 95.7 The Game. Ooh, what's that? That's funky right What Madonna there. song is this? Are we going deep in the weeds here? This is uh, Give Me All Your Loving. Give Me All Your Loving? Wait, what? Dude, we got 90 Madonna songs that people know in their car, and this is not one of them. Maybe you just know this one. She did this at the uh, Super Bowl halftime show. Wow. That's the song she did. She's up there with uh, LMFAO doing this one. Mm. It's good to know. <laughs> By the way, 510 Haitian Jack was from Brooklyn. Thank you, 510. I needed that knowledge there. Uh, clearly, 650 says that Kendall Jenner is back with Devin Booker. Back with Devin Booker. Left Bad Buddy with the Devin Booker. Dude, there was a shot of Kendall and Bad Buddy on the sidelines, and, and she was, like, leaning away from him. I'm like, oh, man, bad body language is what that was. By the way, this is this is crazy. This is how you know people are watching the set way too closely. I get amazed by this stuff. I do. 925, Cockass Business Sex Line. Hey, Bonte, what's up with the vape pen on the table next to Festus last night? Y'all puffing on that loud off the camera? There's no vape pens around the set. There's no vape pens. I promise you that. Festus doesn't vape. Yeah, no, there was none of that. It was probably a pin, something that looked like a vape pin, but not one of those smoking vape pins or anything. But that's how you know people are looking so closely into the set. Those I are, appreciate that. Those are bad for you, but I like the way they smell. Is that, is that bad to say on air? That's some, some of those smell really good. Yeah, they like are cotton terrible, candy right? or strawberry yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, They're yeah, bad yeah. for you, though. Yeah. Stay away from those things, kids. 908, yeah. Fonte, you obviously don't, do don't listen to Ryan Russillo because he doesn't believe in at all in Clay Thompson. I've never been a Ryan Russillo fan. Probably a good guy. I don't. I don't I've never subscribed for his sakes. I don't know really who he is other than, like, I think he was with ESPN, The Ringer, I don't know, one of those entities. Yeah, but you know, it's, it's dangerous in our business to go hunting other people in our yeah, business. I'm it's not going to do we're that. We're all in yeah. the same fraternity. We're all the same, yeah, he can have his takes. But, I, like, I'm so arrogant, FP, in terms of my sports takes that I, I don't listen to a lot of people because I always feel like, hey, maybe I'm not right on the time, but I'm confident in how I feel about a team or how I feel about a play, how I feel about a decision or whatnot, that I'm not going to go out there searching for guys who may not watch my teams that I watch every single day or as critically as I watch these teams every single day. It's tough for guys like that. they got to watch the entire league. they yeah. got to cover everything. Yeah, It's tough to just lock in on one team. I have the ability to do that, so that's why I don't listen to a lot of people when it comes to being critical of the 49ers or Brock Purdy or being critical of the Giants or being critical of the Warriors. Because I know they're not watching every single day. It's tough. You're connected to this team. You're invested in this team. And you probably right. know a lot of things that you can't even talk about on air with when you're involved with a team on a daily basis.
Right. <laughs> so, I mean, when Dusty was the manager of the Nationals, I'd sit in his office and he would tell me things. I'm like, Bake, I don't want to hear that, man. <laughs> I don't want to know these things about the players because it's going to affect what I say up there. <laughs> I mean, you want to know just enough, right? Yep. Yep. So that's what that is. Uh, we got to do better on the Madonna song, Sam. That was terrible. Oh, that was a good Madonna no, song. That was I like that. Beat. Come on, dude. That, that sounded like a hard. video game song. That beat was hard right there. All right. Uh, that's like. Uh, blah, blah. This segment is sponsored by Go to State Lumber, serving the Bay Area for three generations. When you succeed, we succeed. Visit go to statelumber.com. FP long term, right? They beat the Wizards and they do a cover. By the way, Moses Moody hit a late three. I saw that little hook there. And they, it was a 10 and a half and they won by 11. They won by 11. The hook of death. The hook of death. And then, by the way, that last layup by uh, Kyle Kuzma, that helped cover the over. The over hit because of that last layup by Kyle Kuzma. So Las Vegas is. Uh, Absolutely amazing with the way they set the lines here. But Chris Paul, Clay Thompson, look, they're coming off the bench now. Hall of Fame backcourt. I love that. Uh, Chris Paul last night in his return after missing 21 games, 9.7 assists, uh, a season-high four rebound, four steals, and he played 21 minutes and 40 seconds. The whole thing about starting was so overblown from the get-go. It was just it's like it's not about that. It's not guys want to be playing. If it's a close game, guys want to be on the floor in the last six minutes. FP, it is what it is. They want to be on. The, they want to be on the floor. That's what everybody's watching. You know, what I mean? people may be late to their seats, and you know, you may be trying to scramble to a television to pop the television off. I have a crappy You're, Uber driver that crappy, takes a bad route to there, Chase Center from your you house. Go. It's only a mile away, and it there takes forty-five go. minutes. Yeah, there you go. There you go. But everybody's watching the last six specific. minutes. <laughs> that, was, that was my last KO. The Lakers was his name? game. I don't know. What was the Uber name? He, he hit a bump and I hit my head on the roof. Oh, yeah, I heard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He just sped over the bump. My neck is real sore. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So, what uh, was a four star ride, three star? No, it was it was a no star ride and I got my money back because I emailed Uber. Did you it really? Wait, you can do that? It was that bad. Yeah, you could Uber. Yeah, well, yeah was, you could email. I hurt my head hitting the roof. Speaking of Moses Moody, he's on our screen right now. Do you see, right that's now. what I want to talk right. about, Bonte. He's on our screen right that's now. That's what but I want to talk hold about. Hold like, real quick, real quick, what? real quick, for this point, because I know you want to talk about Moody and being a pro and all that stuff. Yeah. But everybody's watching the last six minutes of the game. And I'm saying all this to say, Chris Paul and Clay talked about that last night. And here's Chris Paul on the closing minutes for the Golden State Warriors. Man, realizing that it's about winning the game. You know, Steven said he's going to try to figure it out. He said sometimes he might mess it up. But we got a really good group of guys in this on this team, and you're going to need different things every night. You know, one thing about me, though, I know who I am and what I'm capable of. You know what I mean? That ain't, there ain't no question, you know, about that. You know what I mean? So I, I'll always be ready, and I, I think he knows that. I'll always be ready. Steve mentioned that he's going to make mistakes. That's what it's going to come down to because now we know Steph's going to be in the Final Five, obviously. We know Draymond's going to be in that Final Five for his defense and his defensive IQ. That's obvious. Now you got a combination of Wiggins, J.K., Chris Paul, Clay Thompson, Brandon Pajipski. It's five guys. There's three spots. Two guys will be left out of the Final Five. And that, to me... Is going to be the situation that Steve Kerr has to navigate now. That's going to be difficult for him. Trust what your eyes are telling you, uh, real time. Who's having? Who's having yeah. the, the play the hot hand? Right. Whether it's defense, whether it's offense. 
I saw him talking to one of his assistants last night, talking about Steve. I was reading his lips. He was. He said Draymond. Got to get Draymond back in there. When do we put Draymond in? You could see right. him. He was asking his assistant because it got a little gnarly there for a second. It went from like 20 to like 11 and then 10. Oh, yeah. And then you're just like, oh, no, are we going to well, blow another big lead? Did you hear Buki? Yeah, like, are we, <laughs> wait a minute, what uh, are we doing here? Kaleda has a Buki who, by the way, is like a cornbread at Hercules now. Uh, <laughs> shout out to Kaleda. No kidding, dude. Yeah, no, they got a cornbread spot in Hercules. <laughs> I know, I saw that. Yeah. I've heard a lot, about, I've heard a lot about it. Yeah, no, he's like a cornbread <laughs> Absolutely now. Absolutely incredible. It is incredible. But what was incredible was Buki last night. The Woods just cut it to 15 in the fourth quarter. And Pookie goes, we got a game again. <laughs> it was a 15-point game. Dude, Fitz is great, and I love him. But he gets, said that. Yeah, but Fitz gets me nervous, too. Right. He's like, well, if we can't let this slip away, right. it's all, if it gets to 10, I'm like, Fitz, quit making me nervous. It was like three minutes left in the game, and Fitz says, you need about five stops here. They got one stop. He goes, that's stop number one. I know. You got to love Fitz. I know. He makes me nervous all the time. I love I love those guys. Are you worried about Steph last night? I don't think he's tired. Something was off. I've never seen him. You, you've seen way more games than I have, so I'll defer to you. I've never seen him like miss that bad. It was a rough night. He's trying to force it. Lifetime, he had, he had some memorable nights in that building. 6-21, 4-16 from three last yeah. night. What is he now? He was one of ten from three, I want to say, so I Denver off the top of my head. So that would make him five of 26 from three the last two nights. All right? It's a slump. Clay Thompson just went through. Shooters go through slumps. <laughs> Remember to everybody out there, shooters slump. I have no worries about Steph Curry bouncing back. Maybe it happens in New York. Maybe he gets a day off Thursday or Friday in Toronto. We'll see about that. It happens. The guy's been on fire. The run he just had, FP. Think about the run he was just coming off of, where he was 84's last 170 for the three-point line, right? And he's lighting it up. Last three games, it's been a bit of a struggle. There's no doubt about that. But I don't, I don't, I don't worry about Stephen Curry. All right, his three point number is here for the last three games. FP thirty seven attempts, eight of thirty seven from three. The last three games, he was held scoreless in the first half for the first time since twenty nineteen Western yep. Conference semifinals. Yep, and the first time in a regular season since twenty twelve. He's shooting twenty one percent. Twenty thirteen. Twenty one percent from three point land his last three games. Yeah. It's, it's a mini slump. Well, my son was at the game, and he was texting me that the trainers were looking at his wrist, so I don't want to be an alarmist, but, uh, you know, whatever. Yeah. Maybe he just maybe he's not 100%, and, and who is 100% this time of season? Yeah, you, you text you text me that, you know, FP Jr. said that. And so, fortunately, at NBC, we get the live feed, so the camera stays on during the commercial breaks, whether they're looking at the pitch, showing the pitch, or just showing the court. We get to see the live feed. And so... I started looking at Steph Curry. He was holding the, was it the right wrist or the left wrist? Right wrist, which so is he was more holding the, I, So I noticed he was, Willie and I noticed that he was holding the right wrist, and he was chilling for a second. But then I saw him clapping a couple times, and I was like, okay, the wrist must not be that bad. It's fine. It's fine. So maybe a minor square precautionary reasons. He didn't get back in the game until like midway through the second quarter. But he's just in a slump. He's in a slump. And the fact that we were able to win a game with Steph Curry in a slump in the non-Steph minutes were actually really good last night. The run in the third quarter to blow that game open when they outscored the Wizards 38 to 17. You know, the run in the second half quarter to get some separation before the Wizards close a half on a 12 5 run. Steph's just going through a mini slump. I would not freak out at all. No. And it, it, there's a lot of great things that happened last night. You don't want to have a parade down Market Street because they beat the Wizards, but, you know, getting off to a good start on a road trip, you know, having a happy flight, train ride, whatever they did to New York last night. Is big, but but my the one thing 
that I love the most, and maybe it's because bench guy, bench guy thing, is that Moody just was ready to go. Yep. And he, Being a pro. So and, what is that and, like? And you started Moody, and you let Clay stay in the six-man role so he get used to it. You could have very easily started Clay last night. Like, that might and a couple of days after, Steve Kerr said that he's not in the rotation right now mm. at all. Like, I, know. I don't want my coach to say that ever publicly, like, but whatever. But he was being honest. And then for him to be ready, for Chris Paul to miss 21 games and to be ready and to contribute like that, when you don't play, the game speeds up. The luxury of playing every day is you get into a routine, number mm-hmm. one, and you're able to slow things down, number two. And when you don't play or you play sporadically, you're unable to slow the game down. It goes fast. And all of a sudden you get in the game and you're like, damn, I forgot how good these guys are. I, for- I forgot how fast they are. Right. I forgot how fast the game moves. And so you don't have that luxury. And for Chris Paul to be the pro's pro pro that he is, and to see how he contributed last night, I said on the show errantly yesterday that no, it wasn't errantly. It was my feelings at the time that I wasn't excited for him to come back. It just wasn't. It wasn't moving the needle for me. Mm-hmm. And then you see how he just calms everything down off the bench mm-hmm. and how professional he is and how he's making three pointers last night. And he hasn't played, but then Moody, who was relegated to DNPs all over the place, comes in and does what he did last night. And not just making the threes, that hustle play, di- right. like diving out of bounds, throw it to half court, right. get it to Steph. He does the hook shot alley-oop mm-hmm. to Kaminga. Like, that was the play of the night for me. And to contribute like he did, to be able to slow the game down, it just speaks volumes to his character. It speaks volumes to who he is as a person more than who he is as a player. No, he's, he's definitely seasoned. He's a three-year veteran. <clears throat> Let me call him a veteran as a place right now. <clears throat> there it is. Follows Kyle Kuzma right there. So get the flip out of my throat. Good pass by Good Draymond. Good pass by Draymond. Alley-oop. I mean, that set the tone in the third quarter. That set the tone right there in the third quarter. So Moody, Moody staying ready. But, you know, what is it like for a guy to, to come off the bench and not play a couple games? You, you've gone through this in your baseball career, FP. You sit around a couple times. And how do you stay locked in? How do you do it? Because well, it's easy to get distracted. Yeah. I, I, you can, you know... It, have practice where you play against each other, but practice in the adrenaline level, it doesn't count. So game speed's different than practice, even if right. you're playing hard in practice. Uh, and baseball's different than basketball. I, c- I can't comment on basketball. I don't know how these guys stay ready, but just I think it's more just about attitude. A pro. I think it's more about the demeanor. Like, but you, you could you to take, you know, because there could be a football player who, you know, a wide receiver maybe gets five snaps in week two. He gets three snaps in week five, uh, week three. Then all of a sudden, he gets thirty snaps in week four. Persp- it, you know, it, it's about perspective and attitude. It really is, and it's about your demeanor as a person, as a player, and and the fact that that Moody could just be mellow, and everybody you talk to say how chill he is. That maybe that doesn't affect him more. Where if you're just got a high strung kind of guy, you're like, I need to play, I need to play, I need to play, and then you get to play, I'm playing, I'm playing, I'm playing. He would just relax, let the game come to him. Took his open shots, made his open shots. I don't know. It just speaks to the person, man. It's just not easy. It's not. It's it's easier playing every single day and getting into a rhythm right. in any sport, in any line of work. Reps, 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 and then you don't get the reps, and the reps seem to go. If you didn't do a TV show for two years right. and then the light came on, you'd be a little bit nervous. Absolutely. Your adrenaline would be a little bit higher. Right. You do this every day. Right. We're just talking because you do yep. it every day. Yep. If you didn't do this every day... Maybe Monday moved a little yep. faster for me than it's moving on right. Wednesday. Right. It's just how it goes, no, man. It's no anything doubt. in life. That's great. 
That that is good perspective. Nine two five. <clears throat> Do you think Iguodala has been advising Clay as far as carving out a bench role? Iggy has always had a great perspective about it. They said guys can make a great living coming off the bench. I wonder if Clay has reached out to Andre Iguodala. I'm sure Iguodala sent him some text messages. Messages. How about Larry Bird bringing up Clay Thompson during the All Star break, sitting with Bob Costas, and Larry Bird said, "Boy, I love Clay Thompson." I love, always loved him, his shot or whatnot. The guy's still a good player or whatnot. Teams, I'm telling you guys, man. And by the way, you're listening to 9570 Game, KGMZ FM and AC1 San Francisco. Don't forget, you can also watch us every single day on our YouTube and Twitch streams. Just log out and search 9570 Game. Be sure to like and subscribe to the channel while you are there. Brought to you by First NorCal Credit Union. Upgrade your savings dividend. Open a First NorCal First Class Money Market today. Shout out to the Comcast Business Text Line. It is a Warriors Wednesday brought to you by Freeman Supply. It's a trusted name since 1922. Visit FreemanSupplies.com today. Bruce Frazier, sister coach of the Golden State Warriors, will join us at 8 o'clock. Anthony Slater, our 95-70 game insider, great beat writer for The Athletic. He'll join us at 8.30. Then we'll go to Indianapolis for the scouting combine <clears throat> and talk to our buddy Bat- Brad Graham of FS- SF Niners. Brad Graham does a great job covering the Niners. Uh, we'll get his perspective on what John Lynch had to say today. We'll get to that at some point today, FP, about John Lynch. There's an interesting story on The Athletic right now about John Lynch sitting next to Andy Reid at some meetings at the Combine and then watching the Super Bowl back. I wonder what he, what came out of that. How did he pick his brain? Hey, how'd you know not to kick it in overtime? How'd you know not to receive the ball first in overtime? What'd you think about Shanahan's play dude. calling? He's like, we what? need we need a Taylor Swift. Hey, how would you like to work in San Francisco? No, how it, does Steve Wilkes slow you down for the first nine possessions? Because what do you think very highly of a knock? <laughs> what do we need to do to beat you would have been the question I would ask him. Andy Reid probably said, no, you need Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, you need Mahomes. You need to clone him. You need what's Mahomes. your price for Patrick Mahomes? Yeah, what's your price? <laughs> no, no, yeah, I, hey, Tyler I, Miller, Andy Reid told you, let's see here. This is what an elite quarterback looks like. Quickly about the Niners draft. You draft. Ooh, this is the ghost of Trey Lance. You draft the best player available in every round. They got a first round pick for the long time, first time in a long time, because they trade them all away. But you just whoever whoever's on the board that's the best athlete that fits your idea of what a 49er football player is. That's who you take. You don't you don't go specific. You always take the shortstop. No. You always take the best athlete, and then you figure out how he fits into your scheme. We'll see. We'll get to the Niners at some point. Maybe they can fix the O-line, get another edge rusher, you know, get another corner. Will they draft another quarterback? They seem, from what he said yesterday, they settled on Brock Purdy, so they want to build around him. So we'll get to that at some point. But Clay Thompson, Clay Thompson, making a transition to the bitch, has been seamless. Here's the soundbite. It's been a pretty seamless transition. I mean, it does have its benefits as far as letting the game settle, uh, seeing the floor before you enter, and just the nerves, especially when you start, can be apparent when it's a big night. But when you're coming off the bench, a little easier to relax, and I think that my game is showing that. A little easier to relax. A little easier to relax. That means he was having trouble relaxing. It was a lot of pressure on him. Big statements there, man. Well, a great boy. interview, by the way. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a that's great ABC interview. Sports uh, Bay Area. But let me ask you, FP, contract year. What are those emotions like going through a contract year? You go into a season, you know, damn, I may not be on this team in six months. I got to play well to get my money up because it is a business. You want to set your family up for life. You want to have that long-term stability. He is going through a contract year. 
He will be a free agent after the season. He's free to go anywhere. He will have suitors, believe it or not, Roasters. The Roasters who doubt that Clay Thompson's going to have a lot of suitors. I'm telling you, man, I'm consistent with this all season long. There's some teams out there willing to pay up $30 million a year. <laughs> Just watch. Just watch. They're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna drive a hard bargain, man. They're gonna make it tough on the Golden State Warriors to try to break this trio up. But what is it like? What is that mindset like? Do you put more pressure on yourself? Do you play relaxed? Are you free? What is that like? FP going through a contract here? Well, it, it's different for everyone. If you have gone through a contract, I have. Uh, it's different for everyone. The one, the one thing you have to guard against, Bonte. It depends what kind of player you are. The one thing you have to guard against is if I get my numbers, I get paid, and I set up generations. When your whole career you've played to win and the numbers take care of themselves, now all of a sudden there's this built-in pressure that I have to perform. And you can get away from doing the things that made you successful because now you're thinking about yourself and not the team. Now you're thinking about my numbers, my stats, my agent is getting in my head telling me, if you if you even do this this year, you're making that next year, mm. which is a super dangerous trap to fall into. Some guys get motivated by it. Some guys perform even better than normal. I I think in Clay's case, based on the quotes I've seen this year, that, that if you think about that, then you try too hard, then you force things. If you let the game come to you and you play the game to win, mm-hmm. the numbers take care of themselves. If you win... If you achieve the goals that you set out as a team, the numbers take care of themselves. That's so much easier to say on a radio show at 7 o'clock in the morning Mm -hmm. than real time when the adrenaline hits you in the game. Mm -hmm. When you're playing and you haven't scored a point, or you're playing and all of a sudden you look at your average on the scoreboard and you're hitting 200, or you don't have the receptions or the yards you're supposed to have or the touchdowns or the touches. So now all of a sudden it becomes about me and not about we. Some guys thrive in that setting when it's about me and not about we. Some guys do better. I would say for the most part, most guys do worse because now you're putting undue right. pressure on on yourself when there's already there's already pressure. Right. There's a, there's a lot of people watching. The lights are bright. There's a lot of cameras there. There's a lot of criticism on social media. There's, right. there's a lot of criticism on radio shows, on TV shows. So you have all that to deal with inherently. Now all of a sudden, if I do this, I make this. And that's your first and foremost thought. That's a that's a dangerous path to go down. Mm. I went down it. I didn't do very well. Wow. So yeah, that's wow. that's the, yeah. You just gotta you gotta remember what got you there. Mm. You gotta remember why you got into it because you love it. You gotta remember that winning is is the greatest drug in the history of the world. Right. And when you when when you get that fix and you do something to help your team win on a consistent basis, somebody out there is watching. Right, and if they don't appreciate you, somebody's out there watching. Right. Somebody saw Moses Moody not play for a while, come off the bench and start last night, uh, um, and, and do right. well. Somebody saw that. Right, and if it ain't the Warriors, somebody else saw it, and you have to have that mentality. No, nah, that's a good per- that's a good perspective right there, FP. I'm glad you shared that because obviously, guys in contract years either it's like a boom or bust. You know, I remember Tory Hunter during his contract year, he tore it up. You know, there's guys who just go out there, they just have the season like fantasy baseball, FP. I would always draft guys. One of my draft strategies, I shouldn't reveal this because a lot of those guys are in the league, but I would look for players in contract years. Who's in the contract year? Oh, this, okay, this guy wants to get paid. He's in the prime. He's got a chance to get a lifetime contract, the first big money contract of his life. I may bet on this guy, and he has that contract year, and he lights it up, or it could go the other way where he just lost. 
and then you're scrambling. And then you get midway through the season, as you just mentioned, and you're like, oh, boy, how do I get out of this abyss? How, what, what am I doing? Who do I talk to? How do I how do I turn the season around? Who am I? You start doubting everything you do. So it is very interesting to see how Clay has navigated this contract season. He's coming off the bench, but I don't think it devalues anything. Like him not starting, I don't think devalues anything that he's going to get an open, open market next season. It, it might it might make his value even higher. I think he, it will. He's more versatile. We could start him, but he's also maybe a sixth man for us. I could still play him 27 minutes, 28 minutes, maybe 30 minutes. He got up 16 shots last night at FP. He was 4-6 of six in the third quarter, 6-11 of 11 overall. That's back-to-back games with at least six threes. It's back-to-back 20-plus games. So, uh, my, his value could be his attitude right now. I, I, I do wonder, 888-957-9570, maybe what am I missing on the Clay Thompson stuff? What, what, are we reading this all wrong with Clay Thompson? Honestly, I, I, the, the dialogue around Clay has just been—it's been nasty. FP Bonte, I want to ask you this. And I know we got a break. Do you think that, the, that he relaxes more in that he doesn't have to play like a top, a starter on defense, so he's conserved his energy and maybe on the defensive end, like he's playing against the other team's second, second yeah, team. I'll answer I, that on the okay. other side. I'll answer that on the other side. It's a great question, FP. 888-957-9570. If you got an answer for FP as well, FP Sanchezlo in for Joe Shasky, the Butcher, that's what's coming up. Brought to you by Fremont Bank, Full Service Bank, and no compromises. Sable Clay to me. Pajemski the rebound, step wide open, rhythm dribble, three is good, and that might be the one that closes the casket on the Wizards. This is Stephen Curry, and you're listening to The Morning Rose with Bonte and The Butcher on 95.7 The Game. Sounds like Greek music. Is this Greek music? More Madonna. Madonna? It's good bad. It's good bad. I don't know what that is. This is hung up. Hung up. Just we please Google top Madonna songs. <laughs> this is one of the ones that comes up. Does it? Yeah. Right. What is the name of the song? It's called Hung Up. Hey, it I sounds know, like I know the, I know the lyrics. This one, but yeah, that's. <laughs> when does she sing? Well, no, we just play the the, the bad. We don't play the. Oh, all right. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> but that has a song with Quavo? Really? I don't know if you know about the Migos, FP. I think they're one of the greatest bands of all time. <laughs> Who? Amigos, man. Amigos? Migos. Migos. Come on, man. Bad. You ever hear the song Bad and Bougie? No. It's Bad and Bougie. We Come have on. like Vogue, Like a Prayer, Express Yourself. Borderline. I think that was one of her f- first ones. Anyways, Madonna was at the that, Chase Center last night. If you missed it, yeah, that's why, that's we're, why playing we're playing Madonna. Madonna. She's yeah. at Chase t- last night is, and tonight. Is she really? And tonight. So she's in town for she decade celebration tour. Can, can can we book her? Can we get her on? She, she might be sleep the right now. Is she a roaster? She might be sleep right now. No. You know, bad and bougie. Dude, the song. You, when, you get up at like, you get up at dawn when you're older, don't you? Don't you? You sleep less. She's up. <laughs> I'm trying she's to sleep listening. more. Trying to sleep more. I got a good sleep score last night. Did you? I did. I, Do you I, have an aura ring? 
No, I don't have the rig. I, I wear a mask. I have the uh, CPAP machine. It's changed my life. How do you score your sleep? One to a hundred? Uh, yeah, it scores it one through a hundred. Bad and bougie. This is bad oh, and bougie. Right. Because you know right. this. Yeah, come on, okay. come on, FP. You've been in the club, yeah. man. Stop playing. <laughs> Stop playing, man. Migos, man. Bad boozy. Look at Love and knock his head. Come on now. My, my number one song right now is Murder on the Dance Floor. <laughs> I can't get wow. enough of that song. I play it all day. <laughs> so the sleep score is one out of uh, 100. What was your sleep score last night? 94. Damn, dude. Got a great sleep. Did you get Feel drugged good. up? Did you take something? No, I didn't take anything. I didn't take anything. Melatonin in it? No, no melatonin. I don't, I don't do that. No melatonin. I took melatonin last. I got to take something to sleep. Melatonin worked for like two days and I was done. Yeah. It was like, it doesn't work. So you just put a ma- your mask on? Put the mask on, close my eyes, and just try not to think about anything. Oh, that mask is super romantic, I bet. <laughs> it works. <laughs> it works after the romance. <laughs> After the romance, you look like they put your mask on. You're like you're like a fighter pilot going to sleep yeah, over there. There you go. <laughs> hey, babe, put your put your mask on. After romance, and after all the rose petals in bed and everything, just <laughs> here's a mask. I'm jealous. You should be jealous. I'm jealous. You should be jealous. I'm jealous that you sleep. Uh, a Rod messing with Madonna too. Damn, everybody's had a crack at Madonna. Damn, she's, she's been around the block, man. By the way, download the free Odyssey app and listen to 95.7 The Game wherever you go. Catch every Warriors game live on the app, along with all the music and news the Bay Area needs. Catch amazing interviews you missed, like George Sedano, Joey Willard, and Dibs on Monday. Uh, we got Bruce Fraser coming up at the top of the hour. Anthony Slater, 8.30. Brad Graham at 8, uh, 9.20. Brad Graham, of course, covers the 49ers. He's in Indianapolis covering the Combine. We'll get to John Lynch in just a second here as we're rolling with the Warriors. But you asked me a question, FP, before the break, and I want you to reiterate that question. Well, I, well, Draymond, Draymond, Clay coming off the bench. He seems real comfortable with it. You guys did a great interview. It said it relaxes him. I want to know uh, his defense after all the, the injuries he's had. To me, that seems like the part where he's exerting the most energy. Mm-hmm. Can he exert less energy on defense coming off the bench against another team's second team versus maybe guarding one of the opponent's best players? Or is that just a silly question to even think about? No, it's... Look, defensively, he's not the same guy. He's not the same all-ball defender. He's not the same off-the-ball defender. There's no secret there. And when he's in that start lineup next to Steph Curry, obviously Steph Curry's going to take on the lesser role defensively to save his legs and also because he's not the best defender in the world. You know, when everybody gets on Clay Thompson for his defense, I'm looking at the same saying there's a lot of guys who don't play defense on his team, but we single out certain individuals for whatever reason. I don't know. But Clay's not the same defender whatsoever. But there were times last night, for example, he did defend Kyle Kuzma. He was trying to cover Kyle Kuzma. Now he can't do it for four to five minutes at a time, but if he could steal a possession or two here and there, that's fine. Now the Warriors also dropped into some zone, some zone defense last night. Defensively, Clay's not the same guy, but in the post, when he's not on the perimeter, if he's guarding in the post, his lower body's still strong as hell. So if guys try to post him up, he's still a very able defender to defend those post ups, to defend guys on the block, and be able to box out at a high level. So is he the same defender as people for the injuries? Hell no. But play. Clay still is able to play defense. He's still an average defender. Like this whole precipitous drop defense. Oh man, he's so bad defensively. He's still better than Steph Curry. Still plays better defense than Chris Paul. At times, he still plays better defense than John the Camigo, who gets lost at times. So on a team that doesn't play defense as well as other teams in his league, 
It's just kind of crazy to me that we just single like Clay and say, oh, he's terrible defensively. Andrew Wiggins was awful defensively the first three and a half months of the season. Now he's picked it up recently, and hopefully he comes back soon and deals with with what he has to deal with. But come on, man. This whole team does. Even Draymond Green is not the same defender, FP. Jokic just dropped 32-16-6. I get he's the best player in the world, but it wasn't even close. And that's fine if he isn't. I'm just saying... Does he spend less energy on defense coming off the bench than he would as a starter? Uh, I still think he's going to defend at a high level. I mean, I think you still have to, because guys on the second unit are still going to come at him. Right. So they're going to exert a lot of energy. There's no resting and hiding on defense. I think for a guy like Clay, you can rest on offense by just standing in the corner, standing on the wing, and being out there as a threat without moving your legs much. But defensively, he's going to have to spend as much energy as everybody. I mean, whether it's a second unit or not. Now, can you hide them on certain guys here and there? Absolutely. There's a non-scorer on the Wizards' second unit. Sure, maybe I'll hide Clay Thompson on them, and you can steal some rest here and there. But FP in this league, man, there's a lot of guys who could score. There's a lot of skilled players offensively. It's not much you can do defensively to try to hide and save energy. So 30-27, and 123-112 win last night. Six-game road win streak. They're 10-3 and three in the month of February. How are you feeling right now about the Warriors and their chances to go deep into the playoffs? Has it changed since the loss to the Nuggets? No. I know it's the Wizards and they suck, and they had, but it's a road Look. win. They're rolling on the road. The whole the whole dynamic of the bench with Clay and Chris Paul has got me intrigued Dude, all of a sudden. That's scored. made stock go up for me, what I saw last night. And Moody, too. Like, I know it was the Wizards, so I, yeah. I don't want to get too carried away. Let's see, 46. The bench dynamic with two Hall of Famers coming off the bench, I saw it in play last night in action. It was against the worst team in the NBA or one of the worst teams in the NBA. So, granted, but that dynamic to me has me feeling more positive about things than I did against the Nuggets on, was it Saturday, Sunday? Yeah, Sunday. Uh, the bench has been third in the league when it comes to scoring scoring points per game. Last night, the bench outscored the Wizards bench 59-15. to um, they were Wizards, good, but they got better, right? right? They got better because Clay Thompson did that firepower. Now you're more explosive coming off that bitch. Like, your bitch was good. Now you got an explosion because we know Clay can detonate at any moment. We saw it in the first half Sunday against Denver. We saw it last night. He could detonate at any moment to change a basketball game. There's not many players who have that ability. That's why, to me, and, and shout out to Joe Shasky, I love him. But when he brought up Kyle Corver, you know, he mentioned Kyle Corver in the same sense as Clay Thompson a couple seasons ago. I go, that, that's just disrespect. And Kyle Corver's a good player. I'm not trying to disrespect Kyle Corver, but there's levels to this. I mean, we're talking about Clay Thompson, who was a lifetime number two option, right? Now he's had to take a step back, but he was the number two option for many, many years, if not the third option because of Kevin Durant. He's, but he was right there. He's a future Hall of Famer. A future Hall Kyle Corver. No. Come on, man. Like, we're talking about a three point specialist as opposed to one of the better two way players before the leg injuries. Like, that, it was disrespectful. It's just there's levels to this, you know what I'm saying. But now you add this explosive score off the bench, so now your second unit when Steph Curry does sub out, Chris Paul, Clay Thompson in the backcourt, that's deadly. That is deadly in a playoff series. That is scary. So do I feel better about them making a deep playoff run than I did a couple days ago? I don't know. Can they move up in these standings, FP? That's the key to me. Right now they're ninth. They're ninth in the standings. They just leapfrog the Lakers. They're ninth. If you could get into the 7-8 range, now you're three and a half games behind the Phoenix Suns, you're four games behind the Pelicans. Can you theoretically get in the top six? Maybe, 
But you got to, over the next 25 games, you may have to go 20 or 5 to get to that top five spot. Legit. Can they go 20 and 5? I don't know if they can. You got three games against the Mavericks. You got a couple against the Lakers. You got a game, I think, against the Pelicans. You see the T-Wolves again out in Minnesota. It's going to be tough. Going to be tough. You still see Orlando out in the East. You still see Miami in the East. You still see Milwaukee. You still see Boston. You see the Knicks. So it's going to be tough, FP. It's going to be tough to get into this top five, but four matters. And if they're going into March, it's like a college basketball team going into the tournament, right? They were in a conference tournament. They won a couple games before the conference tournament. All of a sudden, they're rolling, right? You get to the tournament, you're a four seed. It's like, well, you don't want to play that four seed. Well, do you, if you're the Warriors and you're going into the playoffs or even the play-in at a high level, then, yeah, maybe you can make a deep run. Maybe maybe you can because I still feel like this, FP. I still feel like this. And I know I'm long-winded here. No, I still ahead. don't fear any team in the Western Conference. I'm not saying the Warriors are going to win the championship, but this is not a team that I'm saying that that I would be surprised if they did beat the seven. Like, if they beat the Nuggets in the seven-game series, would I be surprised? No. If they beat Minnesota in the seven-game series, would I be surprised? No. If they lost to the Nuggets or the Minnesota, would I be surprised? No, because I do. that's the respect of Steph and his team and the championship pedigree. But four matters. If they're going to the playoffs hot, Look out, man. If they can get to the 7-6 range, you're playing OKC, and then we got to see the injury on Anthony Edwards. How serious is that? Maybe you got a shot to make a deep run, FP. Maybe. Well, you got to tighten some things up. The turnovers come to mind, number one, and then playing consistent defense, number two. But, yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. It, I don't see them being the Nuggets in a seven-game series, though. I It'd guess that anything could happen. It'd be tough. They haven't beaten them this year yet, and they haven't beaten them in a while yet. So that, that might be their kryptonite. But like like I said, reiterating, like I, I feel better about them, not because they beat a team they were supposed to beat mm-hmm. on the road, but the way the bench dynamic with two Hall of Famers, future Hall of Famers coming off your bench. Right. To have that luxury as an organization, as a team, to have that dynamic. Pajemski, to me, might be getting a little overexposed right now. I might, might be a little harsh to say that on air. Maybe. He just he had you, some open looks last let me night. Ask you this. He's not a scorer. He's, he's a basketball player. Right. In, in in a lot of different ways, the rebounding, the hustle, the defense, uh, but just the score. He's got a score for me to be, I don't know. Nah, just do the little things. He's got enough scoring out there. I mean, look, he was 3 of 8 last night. Obviously, struggling with a shot a little bit. He had the two turnovers. Just play the right way. Now, are you a plus-minus guy? No. Okay, that's good. I like you. Even I'm a more yes now. or a no guy. Yeah, I like you even more now. But the, Either the F, plus yes minus, or, F yes or F well, no is my whole Let me tell life. you right now, the plus minus geeks, this is why plus minus is a joke to me. This is why, exactly why it's a joke to me. Clay Thompson, we're talking about him. He had 25. He was explosive last night. Plus minus said he was a plus four. Moses Moody, who I think had a good game, right? Well, I thought Moses Moody had a good game. Yeah. He was a minus four, right? Kavon Looney who played 10 minutes, was a plus 20. I mean, Brandon Pajewski was a plus 14. This whole damn thing is skewed. Plus minus is a joke. It just tells you everything What's about What's it that. based on? When you're out there on the floor. You do a good thing, you get points. a, a star. Yeah, yeah, like if you're with a unit, you outscore us. You have a stretch where you outscore a unit by five points, you're a plus five during that stretch. All right. And it's, it's, I'm not a plus minus guy. Because you, you just... You could be playing at garbage time. You're playing with a bunch of dudes who don't know how to play. You got to score by eight. Then all of a sudden, you're a minus eight. It's like, wait a minute. I'm cooking right now. Well, I, I, don't. I, I don't know how that works. I do know what my eyes told me last night is Moses Moody is ready to play. He made some big shots. 
He made some great plays on defense. He had a great attitude and great effort last mm-hmm. night, and he helped his team win a game. Mm-hmm. Whatever that means, I'll just give him a yes. There you go. Instead of a no. Uh, but Bonte always been a Hall of Famer, yes or no? It doesn't. It doesn't. My my thoughts doesn't. My opinion doesn't change over the years. Right. I either look at you and it's knee jerk yes or knee jerk no. It fifteen years from now when he come up with a different analytic that shows that you're one of the best players of your era doesn't change my mind on whether you're a Hall of Famer or not. You either are or you aren't. Like immediately, like you say the name, you're a Hall of Famer. Like Clay Thompson, Hall of Famer. Steph Curry, Hall of Famer. Then you name some borderline guy and you think about it, and then 15 years later, something comes up where you're like, oh, he was pretty good. I don't understand how guys get better over the years and now all of a sudden they're Hall of Famers when they weren't initially. That part that part always blows me away. I don't right. get it. Yeah. But do you think, I mean, look, I'm not going to go crazy over the Wizards again before it matters. They won 11-14. They've won six in a row on the road. The Warriors, that is. They are playing better basketball. Now, can you start to beat some good teams here? Look, if a team is shorthanded, you don't apologize for it. You stack the win. It is what it is. At at this time, beggars can't be choosers. you got to just go out there and win basketball games. But it can get hot here. And with Chris Paul back in the fold, in the playoff series when the game does slow down, Chris Paul's going to get you in a position to get quality shots. And the difference, you know, the difference between Jordan Poole and Chris Paul you saw it on this, and I love Jordan Poole. I, I'm a big Jordan Poole fan, and I feel actually bad for him. Last night was atrocious. It was hard to like, watch. Like I he, felt bad for him too, man. He's going to feel bad for himself when he watches the film from last night. The film don't lie. And there was three straight possessions in that third quarter where he airballs a three. He doesn't get a shot up. The ball slips out of his head. He gets a shot blocked by GP2. I mean, he was just – it was three possessions where he literally gift-wrapped the Warriors eight points. It's like, here you go. And all of a sudden, the Wizards going and the Warriors going that run. He turns the ball over six times. He had more turnovers last night, FP, than field goals made. And then defensively, remember the Draymond Green is one of the last sequences of the game where Draymond Green throws a bounce pass from half court. They get a layup, and Jordan pulls right in front of him, and he like jumps into the passing lane, but his hands stay on his side. Like he does, he like jumps away. It was just so awkward where he jumps away from the pass. It's like if you had your hands up. Maybe you get a deflection. Defensively, he stands straight up, FP. How are you going to play defense when you're standing straight up? He loses his, his uh, when he's defending the guy, he loses his guy all the time, whether it's box outs or running off of screens. That difference between Chris Paul and Jordan Poole, even at the age of 39, you see Chris Paul get the team in the right set. He organizes the team. He doesn't turn it over. Where Jordan Poole is just helter-skelter, and I don't know how much the punch had to do with it, but right now, that guy is not a $32 million a year player. Chris and, Paul's solid. And just Chris Paul's solid. solid. And you see why Mike Dunleavy, he deserves some credit for making that move. You know what? We need, a, we need a point guard here. We need a professional in here to get the second unit rolling. And now Chris Paul alongside Clay Thompson, TJD, and at times J.K. is going to be deadly for opponents. But the difference is right there, FP, right in front of your eyes. There's no like feeling sorry for guys at the highest level because they're professional athletes are making right. a lot of money. But I felt bad for Jordan Poole last night. He looked defeated to me. Just like his body language yep. looked defeated to me. I, and, and when you put yourself in his shoes, you think about it. Like, you come out of University of Michigan, you're back and forth, your rookie season, all of a sudden you start to to blossom and flourish. You're talking about him as a perennial all-star, the replacement of Steph Curry. He's making 40-footers left and right. Mm-hmm. He leads them to a championship. Then you get the contract. So you go from all of that 
to a championship, a ring, and a contract. And then you have a horrible season. Right. And everybody's, what happened to Jordan Poole? And they get traded to the worst team in the NBA, or one of the worst teams in the NBA. Mm-hmm. He's he, He's gone through a lot. Like, if, if we're going from the human sports psychology standpoint about this, he's gone through a lot. He's went mm-hmm. to the top of the mountain to now to the bottom. And there's two ways you can go with this. It, it takes a lot of mental toughness to pick yourself up off the mat right. and go like, look, I'm still in the NBA, still got opportunity. Right. But then... You looked at his body language last night. You looked at his his facial expressions. He just looked defeated. He did. He looked defeated. He, got, he even picked up a technical. I did he's, no doubt carry. I mean, he's just he looks different to me. Played goofy last. He was goofy last night. Well, just, uh, it was like what we have happened to this guy. We haven't been fine focused on the Wizards for obvious reasons. Right. Like, why would you? Why would you? Why would you? Other than Jordan Poole. So. Uh, in, in that regard, like yeah, he, he's been through a lot. And the punch. The punch. And, and I just, and I, I said this yesterday, and, and it might have been misunderstood. If that punch derails his career, then you have to maybe question the mental toughness of somebody. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's, I hope that didn't have anything to do with it. I hope that he can turn his career around because it was sad. it was tough to watch. I felt bad for him last night. I usually don't have the pity pot or empathy for players because, hey, it's big boy sports. Pull up your pants. You're making $30 right. million a year. Figure it out. But last night watching him because he helped us win a championship as Warrior fans. You t- there had to be some sort of empathy there last night watching Absolutely. this guy. Like, Warrior fans that, still love Paul. That, that was they, hard to watch. There, there was Warrior fans getting autographs for Paul. They still love him. But it was it was that was bad. Bad. He he. That organization may not be the best for him. The structure around him. He needs some veteran help. It's. It's going to be a long offseason for JP, no doubt about that. All right, but based off what we've seen so far, folks, 888-957-9570. Based off of what we've seen so far, after where the Warriors were just over a month ago, remember just over a month ago, they were 19-24, five games under 500. Did moving Clay to the bench save this season? Save it, save, save it how? Save it season. Save it how? Save the season in terms of not being a playing team or not being a playoff team, not being over 500. Did it save the season? Because now, remember the conversation we're having on Friday and the conversation we're having on Monday. You know, do you fear anybody in the Western Conference? Can they make a deep run? Well, I don't think anybody thought it was possible with Clay in the start lineup at this point. It was just, it, and it's not Clay's fault. I'm not singling him out, but it just wasn't working. But moving him to the bench, now you get more shots from J.K. in the starting lineup. Now you get Draymond Green roaming around. You get Wiggins, who's a lot more comfortable. Pods is another ball handler that you have at that starting unit. Did movie Clay t- to the bench save this season? Did it? Well, you can make an argument that Kaminga's development mm. and, and him being a starter and Pajemski's development and him mm. becoming a starter could save the season because that was the impetus and the onus for moving Clay to the bench. You could argue that Clay's mindset and perspective and attitude and humility to be able to go to the bench right. and be okay with that. Maybe not initially, but right now he's really wrapping his head around it. So yeah, I think all these things are... And, and it's taken Steve Kerr to find the, the cheat codes. It's taken him this long to figure that out because it's been a lot of things. It's been suspensions and injuries and, oh my God, what do we do right, right now? For him to find the right combination. right? And you feel like they have... I don't... Hell, I don't even know if it's still the right combination. I don't even think Steve knows what the right combination is right now. Right. And I feel like it's on a nightly basis on who the final five are going to be based on their performance throughout the game. 
Your minutes are determined by your performance on that. There's a couple guys that are immune to it. They're free, right? Right. Steph Curry's always going to be in there. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I think that's a great point. Yeah. I don't know if it saved the season, but they're playing a lot better. 888-957-9570. After where the Warriors were just over a month ago, they moved Clay to the bid, saved the season. Now, Travis Irby on YouTube. What up, Travis? He believes, and there's validity to this, that the young guys have saved the season. Kaminga, starting and ascending. Pajewski, ascending. They saved the season. I could subscribe I could subscribe to that. Kaminga coming on in his third year, having that third-year leap, has a lot to do with the quarter Warriors are at. All of a sudden, you got a player there. We were talking about maybe trading the guy. <sighs> Boy, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, he's a player. He drops to 21-6-5 last night, 10-13 from the floor. It doesn't take a three. Sand, that that's that's huge. Let's go to Daker in the city. Daker, what's happening? Ah, uh, what's up, morning, gentlemen. Um, I mean, I I love what Clay's doing. I I love how he's kind of accepting this. I said it before. I kind of likened it to uh, Robert Horry. You know, you just got to fill your role. It's about matchups, and like FP said, you know, your play determines your minutes. Uh, even finishing games, you're not going to just throw out the guys you want out there because that sounds right. You need to neutralize what you have to neutralize and create the dynamic you need to finish. Um, I just think when it comes to that second unit, it's deadly. And like we all know, Steph Curry on any team, they have a puncher's chance, right? Uh, And bottom line is if we can get that right combination of veteranship and youth where we pretty much have like two different starting units and I love it. Um, props to clay. I hope, I hope he really, really takes this in stride and yeah, man, I, I don't know if it saved anything, but I think we have found maybe the next stage and I hope it grows. So, good call. Right, good call. The, the next stage, the next chapter of Clay Thompson's career. The next stage. Off to a good start. The next cha- Are you reading the YouTube chat right now? What did they say? There's a lot of, like, Jordan Poole had that great year, let him do a championship. And is that Brock Purdy? <laughs> is is, Brock, well, Pur- is but, Brock Purdy going to be like Jordan Poole and fall off? Boy. <laughs> well. I, 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 I'd be lying if the hey, thought didn't cross my mind once or twice. I'm let, still on the Brock Purdy bandwagon. Well, let me tell you I'm this, not FP. that much of a front runner, but that thought well, has well, crossed my mind, not, dude. It's not I'm about not, being a front runner, FP. It's I, about knowing Kyle Shanahan and who he is. <laughs> and if you don't believe that if Brock Purdy regresses at some point this season with a contract on the line, we're oh, talking about contract years. Think about that. Shanahan will pivot in a heartbeat, possibly. Even, you don't think Kyle Shanahan's thinking about Kirk Cousins right now? You'd be a fool to think not. Uh, I'm not believing Shanahan. Kirk what? Cousins. Dude, I, Kyle Shanahan, when it comes to quarterbacks, I don't trust him. He I, will move off you in a, in a heartbeat. I don't. I'm not a Kirk Cousins guy. Oh, I, I watched that Netflix quarterback show, and he's he's a golly jeepers, that, dang. dang it, guy. FP, <laughs> FP, me and you are in lockstep here. Like that. I, like you know, that. I, I was in Maui watching that. Right, I'm, I'm at poolside Maui. Like, like, oh, he's such a nice. He's a great dad and a great husband. Like, like look, God bless look him. Look at I like this, FP, and I'm, I'm gonna tell all our audience out there. Look at man. I've been blessed. I've been blessed. Staying at the Grand Wailea in uh, Maui was next level. Now, it cost me a pretty penny. I need a basketball season to hurry up and get here to, <laughs> to make up for that trip. But I was at the Grand Wailea watching the quarterback doc poolside. 
And when I'm looking at the internet and I'm hearing Kyle Brand on Good Morning America said Kirk Cousins stole our hearts in America with the quarterback deck, and I'm like, the biggest takeaway was Patrick Mahomes is a badass. Yes, that's the biggest takeaway, dude. He's great, he's, and these other guys are just guys. He's a fierce like, competitor. Like here's how I looked at the quarterback deck: Mar- Mariota stock down. You quit on your team. You got surgery when you got bitch, and you moved to Las Vegas. There was that some, was weak. Something missing there from a leadership that, quality. Yeah, that with was him. weak. It that was, was like, weak. Whoa. Yeah, that was weak. Whoa. Uh, and I like Mariota, but that was weak. I'm not. I, Kirk I, Cousins. Yeah. I get away from the game on a Tuesday. Mike Florio, pro football talking, but also said, "Dude, really? You take a Tuesday off in the NFL season? Yeah, you don't want to be great. The great ones don't do that. They don't." The biggest takeaway was Patrick Mahomes is the badass. Next thing you know, Patrick Mahomes beats the Niners in the Super Bowl once again. But if you don't think. If Purdy struggles, that Kurt, that Kyle Shanahan will have wandering eyes. You got to be a fool to think that Brock, like Brock Purdy. You can think that Brock Purdy's a franchise quarterback. You better prove it next year, Brock. And I like Brock. I do. I'm happy with Brock Purdy. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> Brock's one of those guys going to have to prove it his whole career every game. He, he doesn't, especially he, under Kyle Shanahan. He doesn't have the luxury of taking a deep breath ever. Even if he gets the contract, he's still always going to have the Mr. Irrelevant tag to him. I, I don't want to speak this into existence. I'm sorry I threw the show in this direction, but I was just reading the chat line on YouTube. and I, I, Yeah, Brock Purdy is not going to be Jordan Poole. I don't think he would be Jordan Poole. I hope Jordan Poole figures it out. Yeah, I do too. He's got a long way to go. but He's got to go to a winning team, I feel he, like. Yeah, he, yeah, he, he does. But, yes, but boy, if you don't think Brock Purdy... If he regresses this upcoming season, I'm telling you this. This is what tipped me off. The voice of the 49ers, who we all know. Voice of the Niners. Yeah. Said, you know, I was listening to, you know, obviously we're going back and forth and listening to the game on the radio, driving to Levi Stadium. And, you know, the thought went through his mind that maybe they should have benched Brock during the Green Bay game. Said he had that thought that maybe you go to Darnold because Brock was struggling that bad against Green Bay. That was the voice of the Niners. I I don't think you know he's affiliated with the team and all that. And wait a minute, you had a thought about bitching Brock during the Green Bay game because that's how bad Brock was playing. That's how poorly he was playing. That he was talking about Sam Darnold. I was like, wait a minute. So if that that's not coming from anywhere, in my opinion, it's not coming from anywhere. It just doesn't just get floated out there. I think Brock's going to have to ball out next year to get that money. They can say all the things they want to say about Brock Purdy. He regresses at 80 point next season, FP. (sighs) We're going to be having a different conversation around these points. I'm optimistic, Bonte. What you're alluding to is that that thought just didn't pop into the the broadcaster's head. Mm -mm. That maybe he heard something. That maybe the Niners were thinking about doing that. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, you're playing for your 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 life in the Super Bowl in the playoffs. They, you know the old cliche: there is no tomorrow if you if you don't figure it out. I, I don't know that that just, crossed my mind. No, it, it's crossed my mind because I've seen this movie with Kyle Shanahan. I've seen it. I mean, this guy. He, I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I don't think we're there yet. And I'll pull it for Brock. I don't think the Super Bowl was Brock's fault, but there were times during that Super Bowl, I go, boy, Patrick Mahomes, that's greatness. And then Brock Purdy, Kid City was daring him to throw the ball deep. It dared the 49ers to stretch the field deep, and they couldn't do it. They didn't do it against really Detroit. Like, Brandon, you caught the ladybug catch, but, you know, that should have been picked. Let's be real. Brock Purdy should have thrown a pick six against Darnell Savage. That's 
Now, he gets credit for coming back in those games. That's what's great. Jimmy G doesn't do that. Brock Purdy did, so he gets credit for that. But in the Super Bowl, watching how the Chiefs defended Brock Purdy <sighs> concerned me. Concerned me. No, and you can't compare Brock to Patrick Mahomes or anybody, do that. anybody to Patrick Mahomes for that matter. But getting back to that point about Cousins, like there, there's that certain it factor that you see in a champion. You saw with Tom Brady in this documentary right now, Dynasty, and just how competitive he is and how he motivated everyone around him to be better and how he, he elevated everybody else's play. And that's Mahomes, dude. When you saw the behind this, it, it, I, I always liked him. My dad can't stand him. My dad's a football coach. Oh, I'm a he thinks he's co- oh, I'm a cocky. I'm, blah, blah. I'm like, no, dude, you got to watch, watch this sure. show. And it did a whole new respect for FP, that guy. Like, the, regular season game, the, reg, the regular season game last season yeah. at Levi Stadium, yeah. and we're going to see Mahomes come to town next season again. God bless our souls. Kansas City's coming back to Levi Stadium. Oh. I'm already getting. Oh, I'm already getting migraine thinking about it. It's one of five best performances I've ever seen from a quarterback. But, I leave. I say it. He threw for over four hundred twenty-three yards and five touchdowns. When he was beat. mic'd up on that show, who's, who's the, the, the defensive end for the Raiders? I'm drawing. A oh, blank. Max Crosby. Max Crosby was talking smack to him, and he was talking back. He's like, "Oh, you woke me up. You shouldn't have woke me. You woke us up. You shouldn't have woke me up." I mean, he just, uh, yeah, everything about him. Brock Purdy has swagger, he has confidence, but I don't know if he has that level. And maybe that comes with experience because he's only like 24 years old. This is only his first year as a starter. Hopefully he gets better and better and better. And this thought that the chat line and myself is having in in stream of conscious radio right now. No, no, no. It's it's having perspective. I'm not going to go here. I'm not going to go out here and say Brock Purdy's He's the quarterback for now. Let's see if he's the franchise quarterback. What I watched in the Super Bowl wasn't a franchise quarterback level. It wasn't franchise quarterback type of play. Well, it was from Patrick Mahomes. If you're John Lynch, do you lock him up? Because I lock up Brandon Ayuk. You don't have to do anything with Brock right now. I lock up. There's guys that I do. You lock kn- up Brock. I know for sure. Do I'm you lock, lock up Brock? Are right you now? for sure you lock up Brock? No. Yeah. I gotta that- see one more year. And and then and then. And there's nothing wrong with that. Is that okay? There is nothing wrong with that. I got to see. It's better that you said it than me because if I said it, I'm the hater and I'm a Trey Lance fan. No, I love Brock Purdy. See, I like Brock Purdy. His story, I'm not say I his love story him. resonates with me, but the story is still hey, incomplete. Hey, we got Warriors for the next hour, but I cannot wait to get back to the 49ers because I want to revisit this. Let's go to the lines because you said so. Oh, FP. Well, just before we move on, I'll, I'll just throw my little nugget there. I would, I would probably give Brock a deal now. Yeah, I'm not just, doing just that. Just to add to that discourse. I'm not doing that. BPA, Brian and Palo Alto, one of my faves. What's up, BPA? Hi, how are you? Uh, I'm doing all um, right. So, I mean, come on, guys. <laughs> um, you know, obviously neither of you, you know, like anyone that knows football at a pretty advanced level knows in the Super Bowl that Brock Purdy was pressured like 27 times in the game, right? Like, so he didn't really have a lot of time to throw the ball. Um, and so, he did know, Mahomes. That, he was pressured the whole game too. <laughs> uh, in the in the fourth quarter in overtime, Mahomes had all day to throw the ball. Well, that's because no one was with, within well, a country mile of him well, in the fourth quarter in overtime. Well, you know why? It was, it was low you know, management you know why BPA? It was those three and outs stacking up in the third quarter that kept the defense on the damn field and tied their asses out. How about you get a first down in the third quarter? If you want to know who called who called Brockford as quarterback, John Lynch did yesterday. Said he's a franchise quarterback, and that Brock is brings a level of sort of settledness 
to the organization at the quarterback position they've never had in the Shanahan era and Lynch era. Did, did John so Lynch is, ever say that about Jimmy a, Garoppolo? No, no. Oh, yes, he did. No. Oh, pull up. Look, no, look, look up some quotes. Look up some quotes. We feel really so good guys, about Jimmy. Look, look, Made look, him a highest paid quarterback. We've question, heard this before. Your question, Brock. Okay, let's Trey talk Lance. about you. Trey Lance, you said it about Trey Lance. We tried to Trey Lance be the franchise guy. We've heard this before. I can't believe this podium game. Come on, BPA, you're smarter than that. Nobody ever, nobody, nobody ever said Trey was a franchise quarterback. They said Trey's the starting quarterback. They didn't have to and say And they tried he was. to make him the starting quarterback, which obviously you were a huge fan of, Bonte. Bonte and he wasn't no good. Well, I, I, I don't, right, I don't think that's day, fair. Yeah, bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> bye-bye. <laughs> See, I stuck a stick in the hornet. Oh, no, Look I love you. BPA. You're Hit all riled back. up. Oh, the, no, I'm not. This is everyone's great. riled this, up. Because Let's they've said go. this. They didn't have to say Trey Lance is a franchise guy. They traded heaven and earth to go get Trey Lance to make him the franchise guy. They didn't have to say it. Say it about Jimmy. Go look up some Jimmy Garoppolo franchise quotes from John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan. Made him the highest paid quarterback at one time. TC Sacramento. Uh, here, let me try to get this one, Lubbock. I know you're running around. You're by yourself back there. There you go. TC Sacramento. What's happening, TC? What's up with my bro? Man, what's up with my bro? Can you hear me? I got you, TC. You got you got FP. Say what's up to FP. Man, SP, what's up, man? TC. Hey, hey, TC, Sacramento Zone, FP. Initials in the house, baby. Yes, sir. Let's go. Let's check it out. Bonte, you on fire. Hey, I disagree with BPA. Man, if y'all don't knock it off for I don't believe you, TC. He's fired up, man. You started something, FP. I love it. The chat started something. I can stir the pot, bro. <laughs> no, no, we all. That well, used to be my job in the see, locker room, bro. See, <laughs> I can stir the pot. Let me tell you something. It's I radio before we get to the uh, injury report. Shask and I are very, very petrified of critiquing Brock Purdy. Why? You get labeled as a hater. You hear it all the time because you say one thing about him. And I just got I I got petrified of saying anything bad about Brock Purdy, anything close to it. Hey, what about the Devo? Oh, because, because of what? Because because of just Joe, people, Joe just, would get back. People just mad? started. They just we started comparing him to Joe Montana right away. Right away. It's like, do you realize how good Joe Montana was? Everything Brock did this past season. Oh, Joe Montana. Joe Montana. Like just let Brock be Brock. We're literally comparing Brock Purdy to one of the greatest quarterbacks, in my opinion, the greatest quarterback of all time. Same. So, like, what are we doing here? Let Brock be Brock. Let him grow. He's a good quarterback. But what I saw in the Super Bowl, boy, they didn't have answers. Sure, he was blitz. We knew the blitz was coming. How about pre-snap reads? How about processing? There's a lot of people out there saying that Brock Purdy, one of the best qualities he had was processing pre-snap before the play. Well, Kansas City was showing blitzes off left and right. They weren't processing very well. I mean, it is what it is. It is what it is. I think we have a franchise quarterback, but what if he regresses? What if he regresses? I I, I don't think he's going to regress, but I think he needs to improve. And he only had one season as a starter. Where does he need to improve? 
his arm strength was a, I don't I don't know if it's ever going to be what it was or it, it ever was a cannon to begin with. And I said when the surgery happened that if he lost a couple of miles an hour on his fastball, it would be a concern. And there was times this year when he wasn't spinning it and was letting it rip, and there was times when he was. Uh, I I think what you see with Brock Purdy is right. what you get. I think with experience and 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 reps that the things will slow down even more for him. But there looks like at times it speeds up for him, and that's like the caller said. He had a legit point, dude. He was under a lot of pressure in the Super Bowl, but like there's ways to avoid the pressure. I, I think he's best when he's on the run. He keeps yeah. his eyes downfield. He's super accurate on the run. He makes good decisions. Uh, I don't know. There's there's something. There's an intangible with Brock Purdy that makes him so great, and there's also an intangible that I can't put a finger on right now right. that makes you kind of think. Is he the guy forever? Well, it's it's pretty funny, man, because you know I'm looking at Jason Mishler on YouTube and BPA just called and said Brock Purdy was blitzed every other play. Oh my God, he was blitzed every other play. Who's the best quarterback against a blitz this season? What did Brock Purdy? Did Brock Purdy shred the blitz? Wasn't it like a no no two blitz Brock Purdy? Kansas City did it anyway, so I don't want to hear anything. But oh, he was blitzed 21 times. Brock Purdy destroyed the blitz this season. We wanted Kansas City to blitz Brock Purdy. You sound like you you don't think he's the guy, period. I'm not sure if he's the guy. When I saw the Super Bowl, I don't know if he's the guy. I don't. They dared him to throw the ball over the top. Didn't get done. Anyway, we can have that conversation in the 9 o'clock hour. We'll get back to it. We'll get uh, Q, Bruce Frazier on at 8 o'clock, top of the hour. Get back into the Warriors. Anthony Slater, 8.30. But boy, we got Kavai talk. We got quarterback talking early February. NFP, you said some things that stirred the pot. I'm riding with you, baby. I'm riding with you. No on Kirk Cousins. Brock Purdy, do we know? It's okay if we don't know if he's a franchise guy. He's a good quarterback. I don't know if he's a franchise guy, however. Wow, that guy looks good on TV. By the way, injury report coming up. It's time for the injury report. It really hurts. Brought to you by Boxer and Gerson, Northern California's premier workers' compensation law firm. Helping injured workers get their lives back for over 40 years. I'm seeing this. Aztec Pride. Hey, Vontae, you sure you're not a Raiders fan? No, I have season tickets with the 49ers. I wear 49ers gear all the time. You've never seen me in silver or black. I'll never root for the shield. Stop it. Stop it. We can't criticize our own. So sports is all about. I'm not going to cheerlead up here and say everything is fine today, DA. We got a quarterback. Let's give Brock Purdy $200 million. Stop it. Stop it. Stop. Tristan Beck, sit back to San Francisco. In case you don't know who Tristan Beck is, he's a pitcher for the Giants. Discomfort in his throwing head. Delaying his spring debut. Manager Bob Melvin revealed to reporters that this was an issue that had been bothering Beck for a while before the team made the decision to send him back to San Francisco with fellow starting pitcher Keaton Wynn already sidelined with elbow soreness. Giants already thin pitching depth is being tested early on in spring training. Yeah, I talked to Tristan. He's a, he came home and uh, there's something funky going on with his 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 right hand. Oh wow! Yeah, so funky. hopefully he's okay. Hopefully he's okay. Something weird's going on with his right hand, Lord and they want to find out what it is. Lord knows the Giants need starting pitching. Can they need starting pitching depth? Cannot have two guys in a bunch of openers. That won't fly this season. Uh, it didn't fly last season. The injury report brought to you by Boxer Girls and Northern California's premier workers' compensation law firm, helping injured workers get their lives back for over 40 years. What's coming up with a game brought to you by Fremont Bank, full service banking, no compromises. Key live from New York. It's just a head coach of the Coast State Warriors. 
to talk about the Dubs and how well they're playing recently. 11 in the last 14, 6 in a row in a row. We'll talk to Q, take your calls, then Slater, take more calls, get the Brad grab. We've got a lot going on in the rust here on the Warriors Wednesday. It's time to wake up with a nice cup of morning roast. Featuring Fillmore's finest, Monte Hill. <laughs> A lot of blue and gold uniforms in the stands tonight. They will go home happy as the Warriors start their four-game road trip off on the right foot. Your final, Golden State 123, Washington 112. Good on the Warriors Wednesday, brought to you by Freeman's Appliance, a trusted name since 1922. Visit freemansappliance.com today. Shout out to YouTube and Twitch, brought to you by First NorCal Credit Union. Upgrade your savings dividend. Open a First NorCal First Class Money Market today. And shout out to the Comcast Business Sex Line. Oh, I love you, YouTube. Oh, I love you. I'll get back to you guys in just a second, YouTube. We got Q coming up here. Bruce Fraser, longtime assistant coach with the Golden State Warriors, have been alongside Steve Kerr. On that bench for over a decade, four championship rings. Also, shout out to Austin out there in Livermore. Seven years old, listens every single day. His father called us earlier and said, man, you got to give Austin a shout out. Well, Austin, here's your shout out. Now crack them damn books, Austin. Get the class. Do your homework, Austin. We got your back. By the way, good morning to everybody out there getting off the graveyard shifts. Good morning to all the overnight dancers, firefighters, security guards, custodians, union workers, recology workers, garbage men. Uh, janitors, mailmen, mailwomen, postal service, postal office, UPS drivers, FedEx drivers, DHL, I'll rock with you, but I still love you. Good morning to you guys as well. Teachers. Teachers. Big shout out to the teachers. Teachers. Big shout out to the teachers. Parents in line right now, dropping your kids off at school. Absolutely. Waiting to get to the front of the line. Absolutely. All the minivans are in front of you. (laughs) Absolutely. I know one thing to wake up people with everywhere. (laughs) We're not even in March yet. You bring up Brock Purdy, oh boy, boy, oh boy. It will get people going crazy. Got you going. Well, somebody came at me and was like, Baldy told you all year Brock Purdy was this. Well, Baldy kind of backed off of Brock a little bit. He said, I need to see it for the Ravens game. And we know what happened during the Ravens game on Christmas night. He threw four interceptions. Should have been seven. Like, legit seven. It was bad. Bad, bad. So, you know, let's not forget the most important offensive player on that football team is Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> let's, let's let's get out our feelings. We all like Brock Purdy. We all want him to see to succeed. He's 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 really good. He's just not great. And maybe he becomes great. And then there there's a, a thing above great called special, and that's what Mahomes is. Ooh. So maybe Ooh. someday he becomes that. But he and he's he just started. He's twenty four. He right started for one season, full there's season. There's people who think he's special. Like honestly, he's not special. You give yet. it to you give Brock, rings. You give Brock Purdy two hundred million right now. Two hundred million dollars. Right now. Right now. I got to see one more year. That's fair. I guess one more you. year. And, and I think Brock Purdy always has to play the chip on his shoulder to be the guy that we think he is. So it's it's good. Yeah, just he probably he probably loves criticism. He probably loves doubters. Yeah, he does. That's what he's that's the fuel in his gas tank. That is. So yeah, I, I would love to see another year where he was just the same or better than this year. You know who else loves doubters? Bruce Frazier. 
Warriors assistant coach right now chilling in New York City where the Warriors will take on the New York Knicks tomorrow for the second of their uh, second game on his four-game road trip. Last night, they get the road trip started off with a big win against the Wizards. I scored up 38-17 in the third quarter. Three games over 500. Q, Bruce Razor joins the morning roast here on 95.7 The Game. Longtime roaster. What up, Q? Good morning, man. Or I should say, I should say good afternoon for you, huh? Got to, did you about, sleep in a little I bit? Mean, well, getting there. Time changed, but uh, we got in a decent hour last night. Uh, so all good this morning. All good this morning. All good with the team right now. You guys have won 11 of the last 14, six straight games on the road. But everybody wants to discuss Clay Thompson because of him coming off the bench here. And look, I never believed that coming off the bench was a demotion. I thought the biggest issue maybe you guys would have this season, which we could touch on later in the interview, is who's going to finish the game, who's going to play in the last five minutes. I think that could be the biggest you know, uh, situation for Steve Kerr here, the most difficult situation. But Clay Thompson having a perspective, and last night we just talked to him on television on NBC Sports Bay Area. He's playing well coming off the bench here. How, are you surprised at how seamless that transition has been for Clay Thompson? Uh, I, I mean, I'm not surprised and. And what he's done, you know, I I didn't know how he'd take to coming off the bench, but he's been incredible about it. So, um, and he's been he's been as you've seen playing really well in that role. So um, he's obviously capable, and uh, I think he's just he's just it, for whatever reason it he's he's a little more composed and accepting. So he's been he's been great. It, 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 Q, do you think he was pressing because obviously it's a contract year? We've all talked about it on this station. Everybody across the globe, everybody covers the NBA. Clay Thompson, what is he going to do after the season? Or where is he going to resign him? Is he going to start? Is he going to come off the bench? Do you feel like that was weighing on him? It just maybe the pressure of trying to become the player or become that same player he was before the injuries. Yeah, I mean, I think there's you know without knowing exactly what he's thinking, there's a lot. There's a lot of things within why he wasn't, you know, he may have been pressing for the contract. I don't, I think he just more than anything wants to be great, loves the game and things weren't going as well for him for several reasons. So, you know, he wasn't his best. And I think maybe coming off the bench has made him change his perspective maybe a little bit. Um, And he's, for whatever reason, he's playing a lot better. So, it's great for us, you know, and I think Clay's Clay just wants to be good, and he loves the game. I know that sounds kind of kind of generic, but it's who he is. He's right. a basketball player, and the game means a lot to him, and his performance means a lot. So he wasn't performing at the level that he wanted, and um, I think the change in perspective has has helped. So we're seeing we're seeing really good results because of it. There's another guy that seems to love the game is Moses Moody. I mean, talk about him for a second. I and mean, that's not easy to not play, not play, all of a sudden start, contribute like he did last night, the attitude, the effort that he had. I mean, that speaks more about the human being, the man, than the player. Uh, talk about how he stayed ready and how he's helped you guys this year. Yeah, I mean, he's a he's a really good teammate, and um, he's a, kind of an old soul, and... He's 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 kind of wise beyond his years, so he's still still learning the game a little bit. But as far as a, a human being, he's a really good good person, and so he's one of those guys that's almost an old pro while being young. Which, if that makes any sense, is a little bit of a contradiction. But he's a 
He's one of those guys that will stay ready, and yep. he wants to be out there, so he's probably not happy about the the minutes that he's had in the past, but he's ready. And so you saw that last night where, you know, we inject him into the starting lineup, and he he plays really well. So he's he's capable with his skill, and he's still learning the game a little bit, but he's a good good piece and um, an old pro for a, for a young mind. Yeah. <laughs> No, no doubt about that, man. We we love that about Moses Moody, man. He doesn't react. He just plays a game. Um, yeah. And you're right. He is a, he's a veteran, even though he's in his third year out of yeah. Arkansas after leaving as a freshman. Chris Paul obviously came back last night after missing 21 games. And, look, I thought his shot was coming around before he got hurt, before the left-hand injury cue. He's shooting 40% from three in the previous 14 games. Seems like he picked up where he left off. And now you have this combination of Clay and CP3 in the backcourt. How excited does that make the coaching staff to have those two Hall of Famers in the backcourt together going against the second unit to help stabilize the non-Steph Curry minutes? It, it was, I mean, CP was incredible last night, not just with his shooting, but just his playmaking and, you know, organizing, kind of getting the guys, you know, in sets and just, he's a, he's a as you know, consummate pro and just, he was. I was. I was surprised that he was that good, only because he just hasn't been playing much, and you know, he's 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 been diligent about his about his rehab, though. So he is a he is a tireless worker, and he's been going at it and then getting extra work in. But still, just to step out on there and do what he did last night was impressive. Um, not just with his shot making, but with his kind of leadership and you know his playmaking. Like he he was incredible. So it. It's exciting to see him back and to see what could happen with some of those lineups that you're talking about. And Bruce, talking about Steph Curry, I mean, he put your team on his back for a while. He was on fire. All of a sudden, the shot's a little bit off. How do you keep him fresh down the stretch? Is he tired right now, or is it just that's what shooters do? They go through periods where it just ain't happening. But I, I feel like you know he put out so much energy and effort for so long that, that maybe at this point in the season, he's only human. Maybe fatigue's setting in? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's fatigue. You know, with him, sometimes that matters, sometimes not. Um, usually you see his fatigue in his decision-making. Like, it affects his decisions out there more than his shot. Um, so he, But he's human. We don't see it too often, but he is human. So right. he didn't have his best, uh, his best shooting night the last couple games. But, you know, you... You don't, as an opponent, want that to happen with Steph. Like you don't go into the next game saying, "Oh, good, Steph Curry missed the last couple of games. We're we're going to be good." Like you know, he's he's one of those guys that doesn't like missing shots. So he's always like, you know, the next game's always like, "Uh oh, watch out." You know, not to say that I don't want to make any predictions with Steph, but I've seen this this show before where he doesn't have a great game, and then all of a sudden, you know, he, the next one he's He's back at yeah. it, so I, I think I don't. I wouldn't attribute fatigue as much as just you know. There's a human element to this, and right. Um, you know, he's always capable of having a big night. Yeah, we we were saying last night, Q. We're talking to Bruce Fraser, longtime assistant coach with the Golden State Warriors, a four-time champion in his own right. Uh, next to Steve Kerr on that coaching bench, uh, we were talking last night with Willie Fezzi. 
I feel sorry for the New York Knicks, man, coming off this performance here. We'll see about that over there, Master Square Garden, where he's made history. And yesterday, Q, you, you warm him up every game. You're, in case people don't know, when Steph Curry's warming up, you see a coach with gray hair and a gray beard uh, passing the ball to Steph Curry. That's cute. That's the guy we're talking to right now. And so you've been there for all these memorable moments here, a lot of memorable moments with Stephen Curry. Last night on the show, we were talking about how do we appreciate Steph's greatness? How do you appreciate a guy like him who's 35 years old, who's still playing the game like he's 10 years old, has a bunch of fun, plays with joy, he's still making shots at an unbelievable clip. We're talking about a slump here, Q, and he's still giving you nearly 20 points a game and four rebounds and five assists. What does appreciating Steph's greatness mean to you? What does that mean to you, Q? Well, he's he's easy to take for granted. That's the the sad part of it because you know you get used to the the brilliance. Um, so I I occasionally, um, without putting myself in any of it with what he does, I occasionally have to kind of snap my snap myself out of the, you know, like this is just normal and say this is you, I have the opportunity to watch greatness, which is in, incredible. Maybe the best job of anyone in the NBA, you know, not to say other people don't have great jobs, but to work with a guy like Steph every day um, and being sappy, but the kind of person he is and just the energy he brings and the, he's incredible. So, um, you know, like I said before, he's always capable of having a big one. I don't know if I'd get ahead of myself and say, I feel sorry for the New York. Knicks. <laughs> but, I'll say it but, for you, Q. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> The the uh, the I think it was last year he broke the record here. Is that was that? I can find. Yeah, year uh, two years that. ago. Two years ago broke the. Yeah, that was, uh, yep. That was a pretty incredible moment here in the garden. Um, you know, so the garden's always a special place to play, and yep. Steph will show up for that one for sure. And you know, like to go back to your point, the the brilliance of his of his greatness is, I don't know, it's. You, you you know just you get used to things and you, no one can take him for granted because yeah. he's that special. Bruce, talk about playing in New York. Talk about playing at the Garden. Whenever you right. go there, it's just kind of a different electricity, right? I mean, it just hits different when you're playing in Madison Square Garden. It does. It just you know some people call it the mecca of of basketball because there's such great players out of this area and you know all the boroughs you know produce have produced some really good talent and I think the city just you know, is a sports in a basketball kind of city. I mean, they like all their sports here, but the garden's a special place to play. It's got history. It's got character. Um, you know, it's still the Oregon and just, you know, you can just feel it. And the fans are, fans seem to be knowledgeable and passionate. And then I don't know if this is biased, but I, I feel like, you know, last in our kind of tenure and our, our runs, people show up to watch our team. Yep. You know, and Steph and Clay and all, you know, I feel like they come out to watch and they appreciate, you know, that brilliance. I keep using that word, but those guys are, we've been so good and we still are and, you know, we play a good brand. So I feel like that combined with the history of the garden, it's always a little electric in there. No, no doubt. He, 11 years ago yesterday. He dropped 54 at Madison Square Garden. Eight years ago yesterday, he had that crazy shot in Oklahoma City where Mike Breed goes, bang! 
bang, bang. Oh, what a shot. He drops 46 in 12 threes. And we still can't wait for the 30 for 30 to see what happens. At, uh, uh, I'm not even going to bring that up. Uh, Q, last one here. What do you do in New York? All right, You guys probably have shoot around. Well, like Clay Thompson yesterday said he's going to Central Park to play chess. Hopefully he has bodyguards and hopefully uh, somebody can watch over him. But what do you do in New York City when you got the day off? Do you wander around Central Park? Do you go see the Statue of Liberty? Are you going to go check out New Yankee Stadium and go see the monuments? What do you what does Q you know, do in New York? A, that's a good question. I had some work this morning without sounding important important and then I've got some of the afternoon off. So Clay Thompson, back to him, will not have a bodyguard. That's the beauty of Clay. He'll be walking around Central Park, you know, probably solo with a friend and playing chess. That's that's just that's Clay Thompson. Not that he plays chess a lot, but that, that kind of story or what he might do is always, you know, fun to hear. I'll probably I'll probably try and find a good place to eat tonight, maybe this afternoon, and cruise around the city. And no, tur- no tourist stuff. I'm past that. Not that I'm above it, but right. I won't go get to the some of that stuff. But I'll try and try and uh, get out in the city and enjoy it. We got a possible rain coming, so Uh-oh. that might limit my. Uh, but I'll try and get some exercise and try and enjoy parts of the city and see what happens. The good thing for me right now, and I hate to, ha- hate to say it this way, is I don't have a plan. That's kind of nice. That's good when you don't have a plan. No plan plan. Gosh. It's the best. <laughs> you don't have to adult today, Q. You can just live, have, live your life. I have nothing on my list, which is nice. Yeah, is Bruce, good. you know what I used to do? It, 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 just go walk around and try to get lost. That's my favorite yeah. thing to do. You, just, just, you have yeah. no plan. Just yep. walk out of the hotel, try to get lost. You, you got your your phone. You know where it's going to be. But I used yep. to do that every day on off days in New York. Just I'm yep. going to go out and get lost and see what I run into. <laughs> I love it. I'm gonna. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take that advice. There you go. We love that. We love that. QA Bruce, we always appreciate the time you give us here on the morning. Also, 95 70 game. You guys are playing well. 11 to 14, six straight on the road. We're excited to see where these last 25 games go. Three games over 500. You guys are getting healthier and healthier and healthier. Hopefully, get wigs back soon here to see what happens over these last 25 but Q, thanks for the time man come up to go work we'll see you tomorrow in uh, new york city all right thanks guys appreciate it anytime bruce frazier four-time chap here on the border also 95 did you walk out of the hotel and then you just it's it's a grid system so it's hard to get lost yeah and you always got the uber or a cab right. you can jump into and you say i'm staying here but just like walk out and experience the city like feel the energy of manhattan you know, dude i it's it's it, Chicago and New York are my two favorites, and but listen, New York just hits different, listen, dude. It's just I, different. I once ticked off a lot of people when I used to work with Starry Guru. I said New York is overrated. That city's no, overrated, dude. It's the no, best. let me let me say it's this, and I, I'll walk that back because every time I go to New York City, it gets better and better and better. I've never had a bad trip. I've been there when it's snowing and it's been freezing temperature. That's when me and my boy, uh, me and my boy Edwin, we got lost in a strip club in Manhattan back in the All Star Weekend. Don't want to bring that up, but one summer I went to a Giants Mets game uh, out at a City Field, and the Giants won. They ended up winning the World Series that season. Of, was it 2014? I want to say maybe 2012. But every time I go to New York, it's it better and better and better. Last time I went out there, I got to see Keith Thurman fight Sean Porter at Barclays Center. I saw the uh, I scalped the ticket at the Yankees game. Met up with some friends. I mean, New York, it's it does. I get why it's a city. And a city always, it just feels like a hustle city, right? Yeah. You feel the urgency. Just when you get on the subway, you see the people walking around, moving. All nights, all parts of the day, all hours of the day. I love. I do love New York. The, the more you go, the more you get a routine, the more you get a rhythm, and you know where to go. 
And then once you know where yep. to go and you have your spots in whether it's meatpacking, whether it's Soho, wherever you go, whatever borough you like, whether it's Midtown, you get your restaurants. One of my favorite things there is Central Park's always a show. Like just going for a run in Central Park, especially in the summertime when everybody's laying out, is is really cool. But like, I don't know. It, it's just one of my favorite cities to go to. Always has been. Always will be. You you, you get a. What about Toronto? Do you like Toronto? This is the part I think you, you'll appreciate the most. When I walk down the streets of New York City, everybody dresses there. They do like dress. Every, the guys have oh, yeah, sweet suits on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the ladies, yeah, they're they all are. dressed to the nines. Yeah. Like you, You're at your top of your game, whatever you hey. do, if you move to New York and you work in I'm New York. fashionable. Hey, hey, YouTube, listen, YouTube. When I was in New York, I was single. This is pre-Anna. I've never been to New York with Anna. Never went to New York when I was dating Anna. So relax. Don't be snitching on me. All right, so you got Bonte, but listen, this is a great road trip in terms of cities. Yeah, man. D.C., New York, yeah. Toronto. I think Boston, that's the worst city of the bunch. A lot of great history in those cities. A lot of great history. I, I'm, I'm, not a, I'm not the biggest fan of Boston. I'm curious, though, when, when, when Clay goes up to, to play chess, do you think he's got like a friend that he's playing chess with, or is he walking up to different tables and like, oh, hey, I got winner? I got I got next. I got like next. imagine you're just chilling, playing playing chess in Central Park, hey. not caring the world well, on a, on a, on a Wednesday, and then Clay Thompson comes up. It's like, hey, hey, can I can I get next? Right. I mean, Clay Thompson's the same guy who got lost walking the streets of New York, and he saw he saw these people scaffolding, and he goes, and some news station just randomly interviews him. They didn't even know who he was, and he, so they interviewed this guy. I saw that, and he's just like, yeah, you know, I'm looking at the piping and everything like that. It's like that's who Clay is. That's who Clay is, but a great city. Do you like Toronto, by the way? I love Toronto. Okay. I love Canada, period. Yeah, I'm half know. Canadian, dude. I spent seven summers in Canada. That's right. I love, I, I love, I do you I, love, I love Canada. Duh, you play with the Montreal Expos. Duh, Bonte. Speaking of the Expos, and maybe we could do this later in the week. I, FP, I want to get your thoughts on this uh, documentary on Netflix about the Expos that's coming out. Yeah, I'm a little they pissed left. they didn't yeah. call me for it. Uh, I'm a little upset. But again, not for today, but maybe later in the Did week. Did it call you? No. Stiffed you? You stiffed me. Tor- Toronto's. Car. I would have given some good sound bites too. <laughs> you know, I don't care. Dude, I would have talked about Shea Perry a lot. <laughs> Toronto. T- Toronto's an unbelievable city. I want to go to Montreal. I need to go to Montreal one day. Montreal's one. better than Toronto. I don't believe you. It is. It's a you're better just saying city. that because no, you're no, there. no, no. It's a better city. Really? There's there's better restaurants. There's better nightlife. There's better culture. You have the the, the French speaking Quebecois, and oh, then wow. you have. You know the Americans speak. It's it's how far is Montreal, Montreal from Toronto? Uh, it's three hour drive, uh, so maybe a little more. Four a hours. Take a flight. Yeah, trust me. If you get a chance, go to Montreal. We'll it's do. the best. We'll do. It, it is. And anybody listening, go there. It's the best. How how was your French when you were there? My French is, uh, I just know dirty words in French. Oh, there you and go. We, That's all you need to yeah, know. I, I know we, some we, dirty. I know the whole uh, ca- Canadian, anthem, Canadian national anthem in oh, French. Can you I say, can, can sing it. Carton bras, c'est porter les pays. Il sait porter la croix. Ton histoire est une épopée. Des plus brillants exploits. I can sing the whole thing. <laughs> I can sing the. I know the whole. It's, that's by that's by osmosis, dude, and that is a sick national anthem. By the so, way. so it gets me going, dude. Wow. Especially at a oh, it's an elite. What about at, at a hockey game? What about dude, when they sing it? Okay, that's the national. Can you sing it? Because yeah, I, I, I like to sing. I sing it with you, dude. It gets you going. It you gets you going at a hockey game. No, dude, you're right. They cheer through the whole. Yeah, I'm getting do. goosebumps they thinking they about do it. Cheer. No, Go to a Habs game, dude. No, I know. I've been to a. I went to a Sharks game when they played the Edmonton Oilers. 
in the playoffs. Go Connor to a McDavid. Leafs game. Go to a Leafs oh, dude, game. They go sing to a Habs game. Oh, There's Canada. Oh, Canada. That's I don't the, know. That's how it goes, dude. But the, nice try. I try. I mean, <laughs> oh, Canada. I <laughs> we sing okay. the Canadian national anthem better than we do our own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it might be my favorite national anthem, even as, as, as terrible as that to say. It gets me fired up, dude. Uh-oh. It does. Because of Right, it's a great national anthem. <laughs> What's coming up in the game brought to you by Fremont Bank, full service banking, no compromises. Everything we did ask Bruce Frazier, we'll ask Anthony Slater on the other side. Uh, on the other side, we'll talk about the long-term uh, prospects that are going to State Warriors in these playoffs, Clay Thompson, Chris Paul. He had a very interesting story about the fit with Chris Paul and Clay Thompson. Anthony Slater coming up on the road, so you don't want to miss that. That's brought to you by Fremont Bank, full service banking, no compromises. <laughs> Moses Moody, and you're listening to The Morning Roast on 95.7 The Game. So we moved off of Madonna. <laughs> we just at the end of that break kind of snuck up on me, so I kind of panic-clicked on something. Yeah, you know what? Shout out to Sam Love in here. Doesn't get enough credit. Spadoni will be back on Monday. Lord knows we all need Spadoni. Back. Love is by himself. He's answering phones. He's running the board. He's playing the music. He's producing the show. That's what I had to do. I, when I first got into the business, first ever show I produced, I had to board up and take calls. It was for Jim Cozumore. Oh, Cozy Coz. No way. So, loved it. Doing a good job, man. I've been through more than you have ever hoped to be through. So, so you I'm, just shut your yapper. <laughs> so if our program director, Matt Nahegan, says anything or if he gets on you if he criticizes you or say something you tell the boss man to take it up with me well he was supposed to be here this morning helping the phone oh yeah 34 minutes ago he's late huh look 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 i wouldn't talk but listen oh, i'm on the bridge <laughs> i'm trying to get back bother love me today you're gonna hear from me buddy i'm Maybe just put- happy to Matt be part of the team though, right hey listen fp thankful to my be new here. contract is going to be in fine print at the bottom Leave Lubman alone. Make that part of my contract. Yeah, but what does that mean? Leave That's Lubman not very alone. specific. Leave Lubman alone. It is very specific. Well, it's that, that could be a bad thing, too. No. Matt Nehegan rattles my producer. You put Leave something, my you, guy alone. You put something on a tee for him the other night, and it, they left him alone. <laughs> yeah, well, we don't want to talk about that. <laughs> Try to get my boy alive at Chase Hitter. Hey, Roasters. Try to get Sam Lubman alive off the backboard. <laughs> Wasn't, wasn't the best of lobs. Boy, and boy, it was you got a Jimmy Garoppolo of lobs. No, no, it wasn't a Jimmy. <laughs> Dude, I threw you a Patrick Mahomes sidearm dive, no look, and you just. Hey, let me let me introduce my guy Loveman here, and then he turns his back to me, to the person that he was talking to. It's a great way to introduce someone. Actually, I stood straight, and then you know, Loveman said something, and I was like, "Yeah, that's not going to go well." Said, "Hey, how are you?" <laughs> and that was that. She heard his voice. You lead a horse. Like, yeah. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. <laughs> so love, we love you, man. We love you, love. We do. Love is daily life. We still want to play like we're before we get back into sports. Then last year, because we we always come up with these ideas. This show, especially, we come up with all these ideas and we never never execute them all. That's a good segment. I mean, never never execute them all. All these ideas we never execute. Loveman's love life once a week. Was it check in? Wasn't we during the summer of love, which was last year, the summer of love, where we were gonna like do some dating game? What were we gonna do, Loveman? You remember? I don't know. It came and went, so you know. 
probably not going to happen. I think we, we discussed it at some point, but, you know, it was one of those segments where let, let's do a successful segment, you know? That would have been very successful. I think it would have been very successful. I'm very confident that's, uh that segment. Well, you know, we got a, a fun summer coming up. We'll see what happens. Maybe the Giants could just be good and force us to not do that. <laughs> they may. They scored 19 runs their last two games. Or no, 21 runs their last two games. Joey Bart's looking good. If they're getting criticized for scoring see, one see in their Patty first... See Patty Barrels hit that uh, grand slam yesterday? Yeah. That's, it's, 25 pounds is a good 25 pounds. Yeah. Hey. And then Fitzgerald hit a uh, grand slam the day before. What about uh, what about Joey Bart? I heard he's looking good. Spring training, dude, don't matter. I don't care. Spring training. People got takes for days. Dude, there is spring training all-stars, and then the, the lights come on <laughs> on opening day, and, and, the, and the average goes on I the know. back of your baseball card for the rest of your I life, mean, and, the, and, and they go 0 for 20 to start the season. I mean, I, when, I, it, when it doesn't count, some people are relaxed. I've when seen, it counts, some people yeah, are relaxed. FPL sees some things on Twitter and X where some of these fans... Some media entities and everything. They're celebrating like home runs and not celebrating home runs. And it's just very strange at how spring training is being covered. Show right hey now. strikeouts. I mean, it's kind of cringe. Like we're being that critical of spring training at bats. Hey, earth to everybody out there, Dodgers going to be good. I don't care if Shohei strikes out 50 more times in spring training. Shohei's going to hit bombs and jacks in the middle of that lineup. Did you see all the people watching him take BP the other day? Absolutely. Oh he's he's, he's oh must see TV. Oh I'll tell TV. you this. That's going to wear that team down. Over, I mean, it, it's great that they got him for them. But the traveling circus that's going to be the Dodgers this year, the media frenzy, it's going to be like a Super Bowl every single day. That's good. That, that's, yeah. they, is it Mookie Betts a customer to that? not good for a player, dude. No, Mookie Betts is a customer to that. Oh, my God. Get out of our club. Well, then you got to include the, the Yamamoto on top of that, so there's going to be the media hey, for that. All... That was one thing. Like When the, when the Giants were going after Otani and going after Yamamoto, there were you know, a few other people from that Giants press box who texted me you know, like, hey, you better hope they don't they don't get these guys because that's going to be the end of your you know credential. and. I kind of brush that off. It's like, oh, oh please, they will give you a later. credential. There's some people yeah. in that press box. You're like, how the hell did they get a credential? There is. I'm there's, sorry. Yeah, there's. I'm like, wait, what? What are you doing? I'm, I'm sure I'm at? on that list for a few people. No, well, I'm yeah, not going to get. I'm no, not going to get into that. I'm not going to get into that. You're at the top of that list. Uh, no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even go hey, to the press box no more. I don't even get up there to the press box no more because we're at the gatehouse and I'm running back and forth. So I just watch a game from the tunnel or in the gatehouse, but. The whole the whole traveling circus thing. The Warriors have been a traveling circus for a decade. You would rather have that I if know. you're Mookie Betts. That's Play true. with the Red Sox. They're a traveling but circus. But dude, like the, the club on a daily basis, though. For for six months yeah. is different. Not every other day. In it, your locker room is your sanctuary. Your clubhouse is your sanctuary. Now you got like you can't even walk through it. <laughs> Somebody on YouTube. Like, Can we not talk about Joey Bar so early in the morning? <laughs> <laughs> It's funny. <laughs> That's it for baseball talk. Uh, all right. We've talked a lot of Warriors here. Warriors are 30 and 27. Clay played well. Uh, we got a bunch of sound from that. We could revisit that in a second. But we were talking about the 49ers before we brought on Q. And first of all, the rumor about Brandon Staley, he got interviewed with the 49ers for the defensive coordinator job. First of all, who cares if it's Brandon Staley? Here's what we know about the defense coordinator position with the San Francisco 49ers. I care. I don't like him. I Well, you know what? And maybe as a head coach, he, he maybe as a coordinator, be, it's different. Some people can't stand up in front of the room. Some people are not meant to be head coaches. That doesn't make them bad coaches. So I should back up by, from that. But as a head coach, I think he's one of the worst that ever, ever was. By the way, programming note, 
Anthony Slater is on a train going from Washington to New York. It's really, really loud. We're going to push it back to 8 o'clock There's tomorrow. a quiet car. Get in the quiet car. Nah, he's Slater, man. He's, you know, the athletic, man. They got to save some money. Right. <laughs> so, you know, he's probably riding in the back of the train. Who knows? He's probably <laughs> with the luggage. Who knows? Dude, the train is he's the got like way. four crying babies next to him. He's basically yeah. a babysitter dude, right Dude, the now. train yeah. is the best way to travel on the East Coast. I do like the There's train. There's nothing like it, I'm going it, from New York to Philly uh, this summer. The Acela. Get on Dubas, the Acela. Dubas is going to get married. Uh, Shout out to Jason Dubas. Uh, he invited me to his wedding. Him and the lovely Caitlin. Uh, Ed and I are going to go out to that wedding. We're going to take a train from New York to Philadelphia to go hang out with Jason Dumas. We'll go see Philadelphia. By the way, the, the same, that same weekend, the Braves are in town to take out the Phillies. I'm yep. staying right by Citizen Bank Park. I may go check out my boy Ronald Acuna Jr. and Ozzy Albies and the great Atlanta Braves, Matt Olson and Austin Riley. That's baseball. <laughs> Philadelphia, that's baseball. The hell we're watching out here with the Sessions Giants. I don't know what that is. But that's baseball over there with Atlanta, Philadelphia, anyway. Um, so, to your point about the trade, I y'all getting do locked that. up. I got no friends anymore. <laughs> oh, you got plenty of friends, FP. You act like, dude. Dude, y'all, dude, y'all right. getting locked up. Y'all getting locked dude, up. Dude, if you follow FP Santangelo on Instagram, deals. you'll just see a subtle picture of him drinking some champagne. You think FP Santangelo is drinking champagne by himself? Yeah. It's highly doubtful. I, I go solo. No, you do go solo. I go lone wolf. Yeah, you do go lone wolf. Yeah. Going lone wolf is nothing wrong with that. It's good. I at least love going to movies by myself. Yeah, places right across the street. I'm bored. I just go have a I, talk to my buddies and bartenders. I went to a movie by myself. I don't have last any friends. Year. I live and it by was myself. Bad at me. Yeah, I used no. to do a show by myself. There you go. I yeah, didn't have did. friends. You did do a show by Everything's yourself. Everything's by myself. <laughs> Everything's by yourself. This is fun having a friend to talk to while you're on the radio. <laughs> this is great. This is just show business. This We're is not really awesome. Friends. I know. We're not really friends. I don't, need, I don't even know you. <laughs> I don't even bother you. After what's your, what's your no, last I'm name? I'm kidding. Uh, so John Lynch talked to the media yesterday at Indianapolis. The scouting combine is going on. Right now in Indianapolis, and John Lynch, GM of the 49ers, are talking to everybody and taking questions and answers or whatnot. Um, so we know what the needs are and everything like that. But boy, the defensive coordinator job. First of all, let's start there. So if it is Brandon Staley, let's say if it's Brandon Staley. Obviously, I know the PR hit and what the fans are going to say. Brandon Staley, defensive coordinator, are you kidding me? But again, I want to keep in mind, I want everybody to keep in mind, Brandon Staley will not be able to run Brandon Staley's defense. When you come sign up, and it was proven this past season, when you sign up to be the Niners' defense coordinator, you're going to be running Kyle Shanahan's defense, the defense he wants run, the scheme he wants. He wants wide nine. What does wide nine mean? The defensive line is wide out. Both in the other edge rusher, whether it's Reddy Gregory or Chase Young, are going to be lined up outside the tackles, way outside the tackles. All right, the defensive line, uh, tackles are going to be in the B gaps at times, sometimes in the A gap. You'll play, but the scheme is going to be the same, basically. So how much power, how much juice will that new defense coordinator have under Kyle Shanahan? So I don't, I'm not throwing my arms in the air saying, oh my God, Brandon Staley, Brandon Staley. Because I understand, FP, you're really running Kyle Shanahan's defense. There's a delivery in the way you go about it. There's a dynamic and a vibe that's already been set there, and I think they need somebody to accentuate that dynamic and that vibe. To me, it's not about X's and O's with the Niners' defense. It's about enthusiasm. It's about a young mm-hmm. coach, somebody that's dynamic, that's going to feed off their energy like D'Amico did. Those guys, Fred Warner, 
knows how to run that defense. Nick Bosa knows what he's doing. They they just need a guy that's that's younger and more dynamic for me. It's not about schemes. It's right. yeah, but do they have to get better at stopping the run? Were they sloppy at times this year? It wasn't the same defense as it was uh, in previous years for a lot of different reasons. Uh, Hufanga and injuries and yeah. in but it, it has to be somebody dynamic. I want somebody that motivates and it is there on the sidelines and it's as enthusiastic with the way they play. It just it, that that wasn't there last year. Do you think it could be there? Steve Wilkes wasn't Staley. that guy. He just wasn't that guy. Could it be with Brandon Staley? Could he motivate these guys? I don't know Brandon Staley enough as a coordinator versus a head coach, but as a head coach, he seemed very stoic. So he coached the outside linebackers <laughs> at the Rams in 2021. Yeah, I, and he was yeah. the coordinator uh, with the. Excuse me, he was defensive coordinator with the LA Rams in 2020. Outside linebackers coach with Denver in 2019. I so. think diversity is a factor too. Yeah, I do. I, I think there needs to be more and more African American coaches in the NFL. So, like, I, I don't know who who you get, but I want somebody that. Would you want Bill Belichick? No, no. Dude. You don't want Bill Belichick no. as your defense no. coordinator? No. Why? Just because. I want somebody young and dynamic. Did you not just hear me? Belichick's, That's not young and dynamic. He's a head coach. He's old, but his defense was dynamic last year in New England. I know. No, I don't. I'll give somebody a chance, dude. I Mike want some Vrabel. new blood. I want some Mike fresh Vrabel. blood. Give somebody a chance. You want an inexperienced guy, just yes. somebody to give a chance. Because my defense is a ex- Super Bowl-ready team. We just had an experienced defensive coordinator. How'd that go? I want somebody young and dynamic that maybe is enthusiastic about the position, is going to be fired up every single day to come to work. You think Wilkes was fired up every single day to come to work? I don't know that. I wasn't in the room. All right. It so, did not appear I mean, to me. He did not, not appear see, to I, I, just, I push back on that because, you know, a lot of the Niners lost five games last year. Lost five. They lost to the Rams. What is wrong with them? They lost five games. Right. They lost five games, literally, all season. I'm not going to count the Rams game, but they had the three game losing streak where everybody pointed a finger at Steve Wilkes or whatnot. And we turned a blind eye to Brock Purdy throwing two fourth quarter interceptions in back to back games. Whatever. He had a concussion. Let's make excuses. But again, I don't care how young, old, dynamic, if if you're just kind of deadpan, if if you're just stoic, you're running Kyle Shanahan's defense. So. Who's going to do that? I have no idea. What, what but I would say take, I would running, take I would take Mike Vrabel in the heartbeat. Why though. do you say they're running Kyle Shanahan's defense? He's an offensive guy. He cares about offense. I know he cares about the defense too, but it's it's not it's not it, he doesn't he doesn't run the defense. Well, Steve Wilkes uh, mentioned earlier this year, midway through the year, Steve Wilkes, and we have the quote: "I'm still learning the scheme." When he was hired by Kyle Shanahan. Should have told him, this is the defense I want, Ryan. Now, if you want to throw some wrinkles here and there, sure. But Wilkes wasn't able to bring his assistant coaches to run his defense. He had to come in and coach with the holdovers on the 49ers staff that was with Robert Sala and D'Amico Ryans. So he came into a situation to where he had to change up. Steve Wilkes is a blitzy type of guy. He loves to blitz, blitz, press, man, all that stuff. 49ers don't do that. They run a lot of zone. So why do you get hired? Ask Kyle Shanahan. That's on Shanahan. You know, so that's why. And then Shanahan's taking more authority in the defensive meetings. Again, he wants to run this. Originally, when he came, he ran the Seattle defense, the cover three scheme with the wide nine defense. Now they adjusted and ran two-man defense, which means two safeties on the hash. You play two-man deep. You don't let everything over the top. And you got your quarters playing a little bit of zone, sometimes man. But Shanahan doesn't want to do a lot of man. He loves his zone. So that's why I say it's Shanahan's shed shed defense. Okay. We talked to Crocker about it earlier this year, too. Eric Crocker is a great follow of 49ers Lockdown Podcast. He told us right at the right before the Cleveland game, guys, 
This isn't Wilkes defense. This is Kyle Shanahan's defense from that point on. It's like, huh, I get what he was trying to say. And so that's why I don't get all up in arms about Wilkes and this guy. It's Shanahan's baby at the end of the day. It's his scheme that he wants. Go ahead, Lubbock. I see you want to get in here. Oh, no, I was going to get in here and just tell you that those uh, Wilkes comments are on your board if you want oh, to hear Oh, wow. Well, here it is, uh, FP. Let me hip you to it. Bring it. Here's Steve Wilk. What, what? This was October 27th. Was this after the Minnesota game? Yes, this was when he was getting grilled for that, uh, the blitz the call. Cover the cover zero blitz yeah. right before halftime. Yeah, yeah, here it is. Here's Steve Wilkes. I think you have to because it's based off the defense. This defense is, is, is a unique defense, and there's certain things that go with that particular uh, defense, and I, I'm learning that, you know, and there's certain things that you gotta, you can't sway away from, you know. So as we evaluate, as I evaluate and talk to the coaches, most importantly, as well as Kyle, uh, I see those things. So, uh, again, that's why I'm not panicking. I know we have the personnel. I know we have the talent, and I just got to do a better job putting them in position. And then later on, here's what Wilk said about what it's like learning the defense. It's always challenging when you've done your own thing for 17 years. It's a little <laughs> different, but I'm encouraged. I got a great supporting cast. These coaches around me are phenomenal. They know this defense. They they, they know their craft. Uh, these players are great. So uh, we're all in this together, man. So I'm not hitting the panic button at all. So that was after the Minnesota game. They lost back-to-back games to cover zero blitz, which made it 16-7 at halftime. The Niners did come back, and the defense only allowed Minnesota to score six points in the second half. Uh, but we're going to blame that game on the defense, obviously. That's what fans do. That's what some media members did. Well, we're not going to look at Brock Purdy throwing two interceptions in the fourth quarter of a one-score game. No, we're not going to do that because we love Brock Purdy. But Steve Wilkes told us there, midway through the season, that was through seven games, FP, I'm still learning the defense. Dude, if I got a I've defensive coordinator that's gone through training camp and it's week seven, he's still learning the defense? You got to know go. your defense by week seven. Sorry. But you got to know your personnel by week seven. You got to know what your head coach wants by week seven. Because you have all the preseason, you have training camp. You should know before you break cha- training camp about right. your defense. Not after you're in week seven, and you don't know about your defense. No, they're five now. You don't know, you, you're still learning at week seven. Right, it's just fascinating to me. Right, that but blows he just my said, mind. But he said, "I've read this particular defense for 17 years. This is completely different for me." Now, mind you, let's not get lost in the sauce because through four weeks of the season, through the first five weeks of the season, when the Niners were five and zero. And they beat the Cowboys 42 to 10. And they were rolling teams. We were having a conversation. I'm sure you were having a conversation. Who's what's the better unit? Is it the offense or the defense? Because defense is flying around hitting people. Offense scoring 30 left and right. So it wasn't a debate. We're all like, hey, Kumbaya got the best team in the league. Blah, 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 blah. Defense, offense, everything's great. They lost two in a row, and all of a sudden, we got to start finger pointing. That's what we do in sports. Start finger pointing. So Steve Wilkes. We knew he was the easy scapegoat, and I'm not saying he was a great fit. I don't disagree with the 49ers party ways of Steve Wilkes. Wasn't a great fit. I get all that. But damn, the blame he gets, I'm sticking to myself. Was the defense really terrible? Yeah. Well, they, had, they held back. They were at the end. Three points. 160 yards rushing in the playoffs the first that was two bad. games. That was bad, but the offense wasn't that much better. True. And the defense against Detroit in the second half, how much did they score? They scored a touchdown with a minute left. Seven points, eight points, whatever it was. So I, I don't know, man. I, that, so that's why I say FP. That's why I'm always saying this is Kyle Shanahan's defense. Vontae, when you were hearing Nick Bosa's quotes about we didn't know about this and this wasn't, we didn't practice this, and then Bosa, if if you read between the lines of every Nick Bosa quote all season, he was saying like they were confused. 
That's a defense that flies around with their hair on fire, and if they're thinking too much, you take that athleticism away. And at times this year watching that defense, they were thinking and not reacting. I hear you. And when you fire a coach at the highest level and you make that decision, what you generally do is you go to your veteran players first and you say, this is what I'm thinking, what do you think? Well, I think that Nick Bosa's full of it. That's what I say. Okay. I said, Nick Bosa, get your ass to training camp and learn the defense. If you're so damn confused, get your ass to camp. I, I, when you he know, says things I, like this wasn't this brought wasn't up. brought this up. wasn't brought to that's, our attention. That's 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 embarrassing. That is embarrassing. We didn't but, go but over that. But it's also that. but it's also to me it's throwing people under the bus, which is not being a leader. All you got to say is, hey. But there they was quotes by Fred too. There was quotes by Fred too earlier. There was quotes by Fred. There was quotes by Fred. You're smart. You're yeah, reading no between doubt, the lines. No See, when it comes to Bosa, I don't want to hear it because he's talking about conditioning and you know me not coming to camp, maybe slow me. That well, that was on you, dude. You got a hundred twenty million guaranteed dollars. Twenty more than the Niners wanted to give you. I don't want to hear anything from you, Nick Bosa. I saw Nick Bosa take plays off in the Super Bowl on the last two possessions of the game. Nick Bosa is full of damn excuses. He made so many excuses. I don't want to hear from Bosa. Go get the quarterback. He's always got an excuse for something. Fred Warner was a little alarming, and that's why they parted ways. I yeah. get it. I'm not saying Steve Wilkes right. was a great fit here whatsoever. Whatsoever. But I know who the better coach was during the Super Bowl. Spagnola? I know who the better coach was. Spagnuolo's the best coach on, on the, on the Super Bowl. On the 49ers sideline. Oh. <laughs> 49ers sideline. It de- definitely wasn't Kyle Shanahan, but Bosa not taking responsibility, saying we weren't ready for it. He's just diving in with the RPO with his head cut off. Really, was he not prepared? I want to hear from Steve Wilkes. I would love for somebody to get a microphone in front of Steve Wilkes. Hey, what did you think about this call from Nick Bosa? Were you guys not prepared for the RPOs? What is he going to say? Now I want to hear from now I want to hear from Steve Wilkes. Now I want to hear from some other people. When, when Wilkes was in the booth in the press box. And then he was coming down. Fred Warner had some really big quotes about that. He did. Uh, about how he would feel more comfortable with his coach on the sidelines. Here it is. You got October it? October 29th, which is funny because the first five weeks, nobody said anything about the press box. Niners were 5-0. and Nobody had a problem with Wilkes being in the press box when they were 5-0. and They ran a cover zero plus. It's like, oh, we need him on the sideline right now. Right now. It's like, oh, really? You lose a couple games, now we're panicking. But here's Fred Warner back on October 29th for you, AFP. Yeah, that's that's at least my words. Honestly, I think players win games, not coaches. I think uh, I think he's done a great job. I think right now the the issue is, I mean, there's there's going to be ebbs and flows in the season, especially with a new defense coordinator. I think the offensive side is has gone through that as well when we lost McDaniel. You know, like even though Kyle is the play caller, like when you lose a coach, there's going to be adjustments being made throughout the season. So we got to continue to work on that. But at the end of the day, players are going to be the reason why, that we win games. We got to execute at a higher level, uh, player wise. So, Fred Warner. This is why I love Fred Warner. I love Fred Warner. This is why I love Fred Warner. He's so accountable. Did not throw the coach under the bus. He said, the players yeah. got to be better. Yeah. What did Bosa do after the Super Bowl? Say, we were not prepared for that. Yeah. So, one is not making excuses. One is putting taking the accountability and not throwing people under the bus. And the other guy who got $120 million guaranteed and took plays off on the final possession of regulation in overtime is making excuses and throwing the coach under the bus. I mean, that's why I'm... You know, I'm my blood starts to boil at P when it comes to Nick Bosa, because he he showed off. He and honestly, man, you want to be a captain. He wasn't a captain this year, but you hold out a training camp, which I was fine with. I look as long as you're ready for Pittsburgh week one, fine. 
And the first five weeks of the season, everything was good. Oh, Paul said, yeah, I know the sack numbers aren't, but I got the pressure rate, and I'm getting to the quarterback, and I'm hurrying the quarterback, and PFF has me graded as one of the best defensive ends, blah, 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 blah. Everything was all kumbaya. Mama Bosa came on the shows with Willard and Dibbs, talking about, oh, Bosa's ready to go. He's trained. He's ready. There would be no slippage. And then the excuses started coming during the bye week, and he started throwing Wilkes under the bus. Well, you're a defensive lineman. How much you, you're not dropping back in coverage? You're going to get the quarterback. Contain the quarterback. Contain the run game. Go get the quarterback and go hit him. Instead, I heard excuse after excuse from Nick Bosa. Oh my God. Oh my Lord. Oh my Lord. Oh, I just, I just, he, he bothers me, FP. I swear to God, he does. And he's a great player, but he bothers me with the way he talked this year. Yeah, I, I didn't really have a problem with it. You, I mean, you obviously did. I do. I I did say that he'd be playing upstream all year. Once yeah. you, there, there's in shape and there's game shape, and you could. I, I I questioned why he played so much against the Steelers in Week One. He played almost every down <laughs> right. against the Steelers, and he was. You could tell he was gassed. Right. And there was times this year when he looked slower than usual, and that he was gassed. And I think he was playing up. I think he was playing catch up football all season right. long. He right. admitted that, too, and maybe that is an excuse. I don't know, or maybe it's fact. Yep. But, but and look, I, I think Nick Bosa's a really good player, a really good, a great player. Could be great. But saying the things that he said after the Super Bowl, you hear that from Fred. Again, Fred took responsibility. Did you say you think Nick Bosa can be great? I mean, he is a great I mean, I think he is. I will, I'll push back on that a little bit. How many passes? You don't, you don't give that guy that contract if he's not great. No, I, I, you just don't I hear that you. kind of money around well, for Steve Kerr if he's not great. But I tell you right now, FP, I'm taking five pass rushers over him right now. Five. Chris Jones, TJ Watt, Miles Garrett, Micah Parsons, and who's my other guy? Um, um, I just had it in my head. Gosh, darn it. I just had it in my head. Max Crosby. Oh, Max Crosby. Matt Max Crosby, because he does not miss a snap. Bosa, well, come on, man. I'm just keeping it real. I'm just keeping it in the buck here. I, the whole Wilkes blaming game and all this. Mahomes had 19 points on the scoreboard at the end of regulation. That should be good enough to win. No, no, and, and I'm never a blame the coach guy. You know that. Right. I mean, th that's the last place you go. I, I agree with Fred Warmer, Warner's uh, quotes 100%. Right, Warner, here, it's I'm going to play it again. It's on play. I'm going to play it again. I'm going to play it again. Yeah, that's that's at least my worries. Honestly, I think players win games, not coaches. I think uh, I think he's done a great job. I think right now the the issue is, I mean, there's there's going to be ebbs and flows in a season, especially with a new defense coordinator. I think the offensive side is has gone through that as well when we lost McDaniel. You know, like even though Kyle is a play caller, like when you lose a coach, there's going to be adjustments being made throughout a season. So we got to continue to work on that. But at the end of the day, players are going to be the reason why, that we win games. We got to execute at a higher level, uh, player wise. But just being accountable, and, and and like I said, I I I'm not blaming Steve Wilkes for anything. I'm with you. We're we're agreeing right. on this. Yeah, no, we the, are. It just wasn't a good fit. It wasn't a good fit at and all. And you asked me yep. who I thought, and I I'm not going to say any names because I'm not a big right. defensive coordinator name guy. I'm not that deep into the weeds of the NFL. You said Belichick, and I just you, two alpha males, and that 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 ship is passed. I want somebody young, dynamic, and enthusiastic like D'Amico. I miss D'Amico. I love D'Amico Ryan. Love D'Amico. I, I love D'Amico. And he's doing a hell of a job in Houston as yep. a head coach. He's got guys that want to play for him. Right. The biggest mistake coaches make, young coaches make at, at any level, is they want to show their players how smart they are mm -hmm. versus getting their players to play for them. Mm -hmm. If you can get your players to play for you, then all the X's and O's and the strategy takes care of itself. Right. So you want to say, hey, I'm the smartest guy in the room. I'm smart. I'm smart. No, get your guys to play for you. And that's what D'Amico did. He got his guys to play for him. Mm -hmm. 
and and they they played such a, a passionate. I, it, two, two years ago, not last year, but two years ago, I this is the first time in my fandom, my 49ers fandom, I was more excited to watch the defense than the offense. Yeah. When the defense came on the yep. field, uh, yep. when they got the NFC Championship oh, yeah, game yeah, two yeah. years ago, that was that was fun. They were playing a dynamic yep. brand of football. They were playing with their hair on fire. They were playing sideline to sideline, whistle to whistle. Mm-hmm. They were being athletes. It didn't look like they were thinking. They were just yep. reacting. Yep. And that had a lot to do with D'Amico. <clears throat> And he was young, yep. and he was dynamic, and he was but, fired up. But he was he, running down the sidelines, and they were running to him. And it was like a party every time they had a turnover. And that's what they got to get back to, that sort of enthusiasm I agree. on the sidelines, that kind of coach. Whatever the scheme is, whoever's in charge of it, doesn't matter to me. But I want somebody to be young and enthusiastic like I, D'Amico Ryans. What's funny, though, is that we have a bunch of professionals here. Who need a rah-rah type of guy to get going? They don't need it. It just adds to it. It's like it's gas on a fire. It's the NFL, You man. should motivate yourself. I right. agree. But it, it, that helps, dude. You always want to get patted on the right. ass and said, good you job. Know, no matter how dude, long you've been playing, no matter how good you are, that never but, gets But old. you know what's funny? We love D'Amico now. His first year, we we're all saying, boy, they miss Robert Sala. Oh, man, Robert Sala. Oh, my gosh. Robert Sala, blah, 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 blah. Oh, man, Robert Sala. And then when D'Amico first, and then River. Uh, 2022, his last season here, they went through a spell where they were giving up points left to right. They let Marcus Mariota had like one incompletion. We're talking about Marcus Mariota. They had let a game. They had one incompletion. The Chiefs come to town the next week. They drop 44. One of the greatest performances I've ever seen from a quarterback. They were throwing deep. They were throwing short. They did, they did whatever the hell they wanted against D'Amico's defense. And they dropped 44. So they all have had these struggles. Wooks was no different. I agree. Wilkes was a bad fit. He was a bad fit. But all the finger pointing at Steve Wilkes and saying that, you know, his defense, blah, 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 blah. This was Shanahan's defense. Okay, this was Shanahan's defense. The defense and the defense, since we're so harsh on the defense, the defense played well enough to win the Super Bowl. For crying out loud, they helped Mahomes let three points in the first nine possessions. My question is, where the hell was the offense? Where's the MVPs? Dude, the, the Where's chief, the greatest play caller? Dude, the Chiefs' defense was better than the Niners' defense. They're the best defense in the NFL, second best defense in the NFL. Nobody knew that until the playoffs. Nobody knew that. Well, they didn't have a lot of names. They told Shedahead, we're stacking 10 in the box. If you didn't know the that ball before the playoffs, you weren't paying attention. They were the second best defense in the NFL all year. Niners Run had, defense, scoring defense. Niners had a third best offense. So I'm third best saying, offense, man. That, you get to that level, that was a great defense they went up against. They did. But the play calling left a lot to be desired. The throws left a lot to be desired. That's good enough to win. We want to blame Steve folks. And all those, all I'm saying, FP, and all the losses the Niners had, let's, let's exclude Week 18 and the Rams. Cleveland game, well, Weeks got, Wilkes got a lot of heat. Trey Guerrero didn't play that game, got hurt or whatnot. Purdy couldn't the, throw the football that game. He yeah. didn't have a grip on it. It was wet, remember? <laughs> see, see, we were make, we make excuses. Now I'm saying you are, but that was that was a lot of talk about. The offense went three and out eight straight times in that game. Cleveland scored 19. You had a lot of people, oh, Wilkes couldn't beat P.J. Walker. They lose to Minnesota. Minnesota scores six points in the second half. That was a stupid blitz. That it was, was a, a stupid-ass blitz. That was dumb. It was a dumb blitz. But you know what? Those are two dumb throws by Brock Purdy in the fourth quarter, right? Right. But Wilkes got all the heat. We're all talking Wilkes when he comes out to this sideline. Whatnot. They get cooked by Cincinnati. Cincinnati dominated the Niners. A little slow, whatever. All sides of the football, all phases of the game. They got beat. But look. Baltimore, Christmas Day. <laughs> I mean, Brock Purdy threw four picks. Should have been seven. 
Like legit should have the guy legit should have thrown seven picks in that football game. Like I'm into I see some cringing, like, oh no. Yeah. I thought it was number ten playing quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo. Hell, could have been Nathan Peterman. But we go back to Wilkes. That's all I'm saying. Let's go to the Lions, FP. This is some fun conversation there. Uh who's gonna be the next D coordinator for the Niners? Who do you want? FP said Tensor wants a young, vibrant, energetic defensive coordinator. Yeah. I'm not mad at that at all. Who do you want? It's eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero. Bonte, it's a young man's game, and guys today, in in it, it, they respond to younger coaches better yep. in any sport. Yep, in any sport, no doubt. Uh, Kendall, stick here. I'll try to take some calls while you screen these calls, love in here. Uh, let me see if this mouse is working, and it is not. Yep, there we go. Candlestick Rick on the one hundred and one. Candlestick Rick, what's happening? Yo, Bonte, what it do? What's up, baby? The king of the 95.7 Airways and F.P. Santangelo. I feel like we got Deion Sanders from the Cowboys when you came over to this side. <laughs> I love that. I love that. <laughs> the, the, the one and only time I'll you ever be compared to that talent. Side, man. I, I, be, I be on all the airwaves, so I know I know who's who, and you, you've been the man as well. Thanks, what you got, man. Kettle I Sick, appreciate Rick? it. Thank yeah, you. That's dope, man. Did he drop? But uh, oh. what I wanted to bring to it was, uh, I think it was either Ludman or Spadone. They told me not to call it Brock Slander because I was thinking, Fonte, I wasn't really feeling how how you were speaking on Brock these past this past hour or so because we've been talking him up all year and all of a sudden now you're talking him down a bit and I'm I'm wondering I'm I'm just wondering I know you got to run a show here but um. You know, I ain't calling you a flip flopper. I ain't calling you a uh, you know flipper or nothing. But you know, there's a little, little, little no. something there. Oh, candlestick, Rick. All I'm saying is, if there is a regression for Brock Purdy, which could happen, it is possible. I don't think Kaepernick would ever regress. I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo would regress. So, like these quarterbacks regress. It happens. You're gonna have right. to make a decision on these quarterbacks. All I'm saying is, I walked out the Super Bowl. I said, boy, Brock wasn't special in the playoffs. He was good enough to win a couple games, but he wasn't special. Are we sure he's the franchise quarterback? That's all I'm saying. I'm not sure the Niners are sure if he's a franchise quarterback. This next year is just very important for him. I still like Brock. I still think he's a very good quarterback. But, boy, these teams dared him to throw it deep in the playoffs, and it just didn't get done. And the vertical passing game, the vertical passing game, you need that in the playoffs, Kendall Stick Rick. That's all I'm saying. I'm not down on Brock. I'm not saying he's trash. I'm not saying he's terrible. This is a big year for Brock. If, if you don't think so, I don't know what to tell you. Okay. Well, what I'm going to tell you is he was a top three quarterback in the league this season. I understand. And that we can basically own as a fact. I think we can all kind of say that. If you want to say top five, okay, I'll give you that. Without any further than that, you're just a, you're a, you're a numb nuts, and I'm not talking about you. I'm just talking about uh, people out there. If they saying he wasn't top five this year, go go kick rocks. Yeah. But um, what I do want to ask you is, would you take right now? Would you take Kirk Cousins over Brock Purdy if we had the chance? If I, we could just swap? No, God, no, God, no. I would not, not do that, Candlestick Rick. I would not do that. I would not do that. Brock Purdy was a top five quarterback last year, FP. He for, was for 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 those of you maybe just joining the show. We got on this because on the YouTube line, I brought it up. We were talking about Jordan Poole and how he's regressed and how he, he he won a championship. He's one of the best players in the Warriors, 
Now he went to the Wizards, and we said we, we felt bad for him. And then on the YouTube line, people were comparing, like, could this happen to Brock Purdy? What happened to Jordan Poole? So we went down this rabbit hole, and that's how we got the football. And obviously with the Combine and John Lynch quotes from yesterday, because maybe people are wondering, like, how the hell are they talking about Brock Purdy today? That's how we got on the Brock Purdy thing. That's and how we got there. That's how we got there. Let's, uh, we got a Bolsa call, though. Got a Bolsa call. Let's go to Alex in Richmond. Alex, what's happening? You're on the roast. You're on 95 7 the game. Good morning. Good morning. Morning. Uh, FP, also known as Frank Paul, right? Yes. And uh, Bonte, thank you for taking my call. Anytime. Uh, Bosa, I'm not sure. I had a problem with him all year. He looked slow, too bulky. Like He's more of a body lift, like a weightlifter than football player. It's just different. He looked slower to me this year. He looked he looked bulkier. He looked thicker. His, his foot speed wasn't what you saw. I thought I thought I saw yeah. the old Nick Bosa in the Super Bowl though. I thought he played with his hair on fire the whole game, and maybe that's why he had to come out toward the end of the game because he was gassed. But like he 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 play, he he looked like the, the 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 previous year Nick Bosa to me in the playoffs in the Super Bowl. And then the other thing, I saw him too many times on the ground getting pushed down. It was like. On the ground, the, the lineman was just kind of manhandling them. Always on the ground, so I don't know. He left to be desired. Yeah, I mean, look, man, I, I just Bosa is a great player. He is. There's some pass rushers I would take over him. I was a little disappointed with with, and you know what? This is a great point. And now I'm Darrell Comcast Business Tech Site nine two five Bonte. How can you give credit to Steve Wilkes for the Super Bowl defense when they're constantly saying it's Shanahan's defense when you discredit it? You know what? You're right. That was Shanahan's defense. They held the Chiefs to 19 points in the Super Bowl. Defense played well enough to win the game. That's all I'm saying. The offense, and you could say the Chiefs' defense is good. They weren't really good. Did they the they came around the Chiefs' defense points. is really why do, good. Why do you keep saying right? 19? Well, in the regulation. Okay. Overtime it was inevitable. Right, and, yeah. You know, you had a chance to separate yourself in that Super Bowl. But you give Spags, give Spags credit. Give uh, the Chiefs' defense credit. No doubt about it. But they, I'm watching that. I'm at Allegiant Stadium. I'm watching the Chiefs basically say, we're going to blitz Brock Purdy, which was sacrilegious this season because Brock Purdy was excellent against the Blitz. Excellent. Excellent. But they still blitzed them. Well, they took and away they the run. 10, and they dropped 10 in the box and said, we're going to make you beat us yep. with the pass game. Yep. We're going to make you beat us deep with the pass game. We're going to take away McCaffrey's running ability. Yep. I mean, you still couldn't throw to him, but they, right. they took away the run. Everyone's yep. like, why aren't they running it? They, they ran blitz the whole second half. Yep. They put another man in the box, and they said, Brock Purdy beat us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I can sleep well all off season if you do. Yep. And so, then Patrick Mahomes became Patrick Mahomes. And yeah. Travis Kelsey, when Drake uh, Greenlaw went yeah. out, became Travis Kelsey again. We're going to clear the board here on the other side. By the way, it is Warriors Wednesday brought to you by Freeman Supplies. Hey, trust the day since 1922. Visit com today. Look, we're going to get to everybody. We're going to clear the board. But FP brought it up, man. FP said it. And I agree with them. If you had to pay Brock Purdy right now, Right this second. Would you do it? You don't have to. The Niners could wait. Because John Lynch said yesterday, yeah, Brock's our guy. But you know what? They drafted, they drafted Trey Lance, number three overall pick, basically telling everybody Dude, that's going to be our guy. Close the book on Trey I, 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 That book has been closed. Close but but all I'm saying is, FP, we hear this all the time. That guy's our guy. That guy, Justin Fields, he's our guy. You he's have, our guy. You have to pay him till you have to pay him. Exactly. And I think, like you said, I'm agreeing with you that this is a big year for him. Huge. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. 
He's got to follow it up. Before you lock him up, you got to see it again one more time. No doubt. All right. Let's and break I think here. you will. Let's let's break, FP. Brought to you by Fremont Bank, full service banking, no compromises. Brad Grant coming up on the other side. We're going to clear the board with the phone calls coming up on the Morning Rust. This. Back to the morning roast with Bonte and Shasky. This is so 80s. Big pads. What, 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 what's going on, love? Madonna what, has died. That? What's up with the hard fate? Madonna's what's dead. What's up with that? I don't know. For some reason, the whole song didn't go into the system. Wow. Oh, boy. Hashtag new studio. I thought she fell again. Lovitz by himself. Somebody get Lovitz some help in here. He's get him some help. Answered calls. He's running the board. Don't worry, uh, Matt and Lucas will be here at eight to help me out. That's <laughs> fired. Call Brad Graham in five minutes. I'm gonna get some calls here. We're rolling on Niners. FP got me triggered. He got me. He got me fired up. I love Niners talk on this show. I love it because we're so divided on the morning roast. This is why I love our roasters. We go back and forth, back and forth. Don't forget, me started with Brandon Ayuk. They better pay Brandon Ayuk. Do some of y'all still think he's not a number one wide receiver? Talk to me here. Talk to me. I have receipts longer than a CVS store. I do. I really do. Come on now. Come on now, folks. Let's go. I'm fired up now, FP. I right? love Warriors it. are rolling. Baseball's coming back. Offseason's starting. This is where the champs separate themselves from the champs in Sports Talk Radio. You know, it's easy to talk about a game and this and that. Yeah. What can you do to talk about the Aussies? What, I'm, 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 I'm jacked up now. Bosa, man, you better show me something. Bosa, he, you say Bosa right here. He just didn't sound good. I expected more from him. I expected more from him. Anyway, let's go to uh, Tony and Oakley are going to have to wait a second. Let me let me get to some other people for because I like to give you the floor. Uh, let's go to Ryan in San Jose. Ryan, what's happening? You're on the roast. Hey, it's great to be on. Um Obviously, there's been some great debate about, you know, the firing of Steve Wilkes, but this is the way I see it. Okay, in the Super Bowl, I gave Steve Wilkes in regulation, I gave him an A grade. If on a 50-point scale, I gave him a 45 out of 50, so that's an A. However, on the final exam, which was the overtime period, he got at best five out of 50, which gives him his total score, at least based on my opinion, a 50 out of 100, which is a which is an F. <laughs> and on, I think that uh, <laughs> I give him an F grade because... The You're making stuff up now. <laughs> Why did you give him an F grade in overtime? I want to hear this. Oh, I'm going to explain it. I'm okay. going to explain it. Okay. If you look, if you go back and look at those plays, I mean, they were pretty much the equivalency of a 10-year-old playing Madden on the rookie level. They were the most... I've been watching football ever since I was a child back in the 80s, and I can't remember the last time I've seen a play calling that bad. All right, so right, 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 real quick, real quick, right? So you gave him an A for regulation and an F for overtime. Which equals an F. In my head, (laughs) that equals a C. That's my SF State education. But you give him an F regardless, overall or just overtime? I give him an F and overtime. What I'm saying is on the point scale, I gave him, like I said, I gave him an A in regulation, 45 points out of 50. And overtime, I gave him a 5 out of 50, which equals an F. That, I, the overall grade was an F. 
because on the final exam, because you, you, you and I what both know this. What's going on here? The final exam. Huh? Well, look, I, I'm basing it on my opinion. Everybody else has their own opinion. I'm just basing it on my opinion. I know you may disagree. I have a twin brother. We don't always we don't always agree. So you know I, that's why I respect everybody's opinion. Oh no, I respect it. That was just a drop. Hey, right? That was just a drop. That was just a drop. No, I'm I'm list, I'm locked into what you're saying because I'm I'm very intrigued by this. Very intrigued. I agree with you. The yeah. play call in overtime was bad. But did you think once the Niners didn't score, the game was over anyway? They gave Patrick Mahomes another shot. Like what what plays could you have called to slow down Mahomes at that point? Look, I'm not a, I'm not a defense coordinator, but I know football, and I know that. Well, then like, you, can't example, gra- you can't if grade them. <laughs> if if no, you no, don't no, know what no, plays I, they should have called, then you can't be giving out grades. No, what I'm saying is, okay, for example, the zero blitz. Why would you do that against Pat Mahomes of all people? That was that was an egregious error um, that he that he committed. There was there was other plays too. I can't I can't you know. If I was watching the game, I could be able to tell you, but I, there was at least four to five plays that were just absolutely egregious, and it necessitated him getting fired. And that's why even even um, the head coach had to call a timeout because he had the guys just way off, way off uh, in soft coverage, giving him giving receivers like six yards. Um, a six yard Ryan, I appreciate the effort, Ryan. I appreciate the effort. I appreciate the effort. That's your opinion. That's your opinion. Now I respect it. Let's go to uh, <laughs> YouTube. I just, chat I just go, right I'll just go James and Sevatel. James and Sevatel, what's happening, the man? Caller You're on has the regress. <laughs> this caller is a D. Plus. <laughs> <laughs> YouTube chat line making me laugh right now. <laughs> I, I don't get it. You give him an A for regulation for the E. All right, whatever. Uh, James and Sevatel, what's happening? Hey, good morning, guys. I'm here for the comments. Jerry Jones. (laughs) I remember when Jerry Jones told Jimmy Johnson, anyone can win with this team. And in a way, he was kind of right. Didn't Barry Switzer come in and win the Super Bowl after that? Um, I just feel like, like, Shanahan is like Jimmy Garoppolo, right? Like, good enough to get you there, but not good enough to win. And like Fred Warner said, it's more about the players, which I agree. I agree, but then the coach, the coaching does have some, you know, like calling the play where you don't hand the ball to Lynch. I mean, after that, the Seahawks were over, um, you know, and Russell Wilson, okay, you don't have the balls to go against your coach. I just think that everyone should get off Shanahan's nuts. I mean, he's, he's a <laughs> mediocre, mediocre coach at best with a fantastic team. And he couldn't win it. So I think it should be like the Jimmy Garoppolo rule. I mean, how many chances do you get before you're gone? Well, he's not going anywhere anytime soon, and he shouldn't be fired. But you guys know I have you know, I have my issues with shit ahead. I do. do I want to take Andy Reid to get one. Right. It took him a very long time. Now he's going down as one of the right. greatest coaches right. ever. But we how hope long, he how long did it take Mike Shanahan? Oh, it took to him a very there. long time. Well, Couple years with Denver as a head coach, and okay. Bob, he he got that done. So I would rather have my guy get there and, and, and get there and get the more times you get there, the better chance you have. I'm with you. So it's not easy to get there. It's not easy to put yourself out there. But we're talking about we think a coach is dumb that gets us to the Super Bowl and has gotten us to the Super Bowl, right. and he should be fired because no, we that, didn't win the Super Bowl. That, that y'all sounds spoiled and entitled. That, that, man. that is silly. That's terrible. I, I, I question his decision making at times. I question his play calling That's at times. That's the beauty times. of sports. But but I I 
He's not a bad coach. Like he's not getting fired, folks. Get that out of your brain. Dude, you go on a like, street corner of the Dominican Republic. People are arguing right. about baseball players and coaches and managers right. and going back and forth and screaming at each other. That's the beauty of sports to critique and criticize and have a passionate take on something. But to like ask for a man's job because he didn't win you a Super Bowl. How many chances he's you gonna know how get? Stupid, you sound. No, they've been to four NFC championship games the last five years. Like, two you just Super sound Bowls. Dumb. Yeah, no, that was. I mean, hey, back to back callers, baby. Hey, I'm not calling Ryan. I'm not calling her callers dumb. I just don't agree with the takes. Uh, you sound dumb. Walker and Richmond. Walker and Richmond. Dumb if you sound dumb, I sound Walker dumb for Rich- four hours every day. <laughs> FP doesn't hey. go back. Hey, what's going on, fellas? What's up, Walker? Hey, uh, I just want to preface this by saying I, I'm not mad at Wilt. I, I get it. I'm not mad at Shanahan. Um, I understand. But in three of those five losses, including the Super Bowl, nobody's talking about how Christian, Christian McCaffrey crumbled on the first drive when they was uh, going in the score. Now, I'm not saying that's the reason why they lost. Fire McCaffrey. Release him. <laughs> nah, get rid of him. I'm not blaming McCaffrey. <laughs> hey, everybody got to everybody take a blame. Everybody, yeah, everybody holding the L all around. But I'm just saying, I think it played. I think it played a major part in the way that the game went. It was a huge fumble. It was. That was definitely Dude. definitely set the tone. Dude, they were rolling. They were rolling, going down oh. seven nothing. Oh, but it's not Chris McCaffrey. Yeah, look, and, it, but and look. think about it. it happening. It happened in the Minnesota game, the Cleveland game, and in the Super Bowl. Stuff. That's tough. That's tough, man. <laughs> we always got to blame people. Why? Gonna blame? It's, I don't know. They I, lost. I'm the not game. trying to blame nobody. They the lost Chiefs as a team. The Chiefs were better. They we they lost the game. The Chiefs were better when it mattered. I don't know, man. I I don't know. They had a quarterback if, who's special, who's going to go down as one no, of the greatest of all time, no, maybe the greatest of all is, time. When it said this and is done. the one that bothers me, FP. This is what bothers me. You critique a player, oh, you hate that player. You give a player some compliments. Oh, you're in love with the player. Oh, my God, you're a stand. I'm not a stand. I root for the 49ers. Not the name on the back. I root for the name on the front. All right? I've always been that way. I've been consistent like that. I told you guys last offseason, I don't give a damn if Sam Darnold or Brandon Allen was playing quarterback. I just want to see a Super Bowl win. I, I don't I don't care who plays quarterback. I don't care. I really don't. It could be white, blue, black, purple. I, I don't give a damn. Yeah, <laughs> whoever gives us a chance to win. I exactly. said that about the, when there was the whole Trey Lance controversy. I was rooting for Trey Lance. Ooh, this is the ghost of I, Trey Lance. I, I'm with you, Bonte. I just wanted somebody. Whoever's going to help the Niners right. win games, that's my guy. Right. We're not trading this guy and that guy. Let's 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 relax a little bit, people. Relax. All right, let's get Brad Graham on. Maybe he can help us relax. Brad Graham live in Indianapolis at the Scouting Combine. Does an unbelievable job covering the 49ers SF Niners podcast at Graham underscore SFN on Twitter. Quad four uh, contributor. Uh, he does it all. He goes to all the games, goes to all the practices. He knows what's going on there. Brad, good morning, man. Long time, no talk. I know. It's been a while. Glad to be on with you guys. It, it's been a while since Allegiant Stadium since we saw each other in that auxiliary press box. Uh, I didn't see you much after the game because we're out of there. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean that was that was a tough one, you know. Made made the trip down to the the press conferences after, and then uh, just kind of dealt with it, you know, in my own way after after that. Yeah, no, that was tough, Brian. All right, let's get down to business here. John Lynch spoke to the media yesterday, uh, and it's the first time we heard him since their end of season presser. Let's start with the defensive coordinator since that spot hasn't been filled up yet. What have you heard about the defensive coordinator? Is it Brandon Staley's job to lose? Are they going to hire somebody within uh, in-house here? What are you hearing about the D.C. job for the 49ers, Brad? So what it sounds like is that the 49ers could be definitely narrowing in on an internal candidate. Nick Sorensen definitely is a guy 
that that fits that mold of an internal promotion. Um, we saw them promote um, and replace Adam Peters uh, with two personnel um, guys as well um, that we heard from John Lynch. So it does kind of feel like the 49ers could absolutely uh, turn internally to Sorensen for that. But, you know, Brandon Staley is a name that keeps being mentioned. Um, so it really does feel like it's down to those two. But if I had to put, uh, you know, put my guess to it, I would say that Sorensen right now could be the leader in the clubhouse for that job. So I'm looking at Nick Sorensen here. He was in his first season this past year with the 49ers as a defensive passing game. Nichols coach, Nickelback coach, uh, spent his first year as a defensive assistant, 2022. Uh, okay, all right. So he's a D, he has a DB background, huh? Yeah. I mean, he's spoken of highly within the organization. Um, seems like, you know, he's a former player as well, so he has that pedigree. And, um, you know, the 49ers obviously made the move to let go of Steve Wilkes late in the season. Not a ton of options. I know a lot of people would have loved the idea to see Bill Belichick walk through those doors and be the defensive coordinator. But kind of where it stands right now and, you know, how we want to the you know the 49ers want to see some continuity um, within the scheme. It, it does make sense at a certain point to hire within, but again, I, I still think Brandon Staley could also be an option as well. Right. So defensive back uh, background for Nick Sorensen, which Steve Wilkes had as well. But I, I think up. Look, I'm gonna say it right now, Brad. I don't think it was a great fit. It wasn't at all. I'm not gonna sit here and blame Steve Wilkes for what. Went on with the defense. What were wrong with the defense? But he had a defensive back background. I think they had other issues. What's uh, but who? What does Bosa want? What do these leaders want? Do they want a guy more like D'Amico Ryan's, who was a middle linebacker in the NFL and specialized in the front seven? Do they want a guy like Robert Sala, who specialized with the front seven? What do the players want? You think? I mean, that's a great question. I think honestly, the players just want someone who's going to put them in their best position to be successful. Um, it sounds cliche, but at the end of the day, like it felt like that was part of the disconnect with Steve Wilkes and that defense. Is it just didn't feel like, just like you said, didn't feel like a fit. And it felt like they, they found themselves out of sorts at times in regards to what they should do in specific situations. So to me, I think it all boils down to just put these guys in the best position to be successful because they have the talent. They have the dogs and just, just unleash them and, and put them in the best position to go after and, and do their job. And I think that's really what it comes down to. Yeah, let them be athletes. Let them fly around, not think, and just play. And you saw them thinking a lot this year. When you talk about the Niners having a first-round pick for the first time in a long time, they're going to take the best available player. But, Brad, who do you see them getting? Do you have any anybody in mind that would, that, that would fall to them for their first-round pick? Yeah, absolutely. I really do think, and I know 49er fans are probably going to cringe at me saying this, but I do think um, Edge could absolutely be in play. There's there's two players that are have been linked to the 49ers. Um, I spoke to Darius Robinson out of Mizzou today. Mm. Um, he had let me know that he met with the San Francisco 49ers. He's a phenomenal Edge player, um, Can can really be a force in setting the edge and being able to rush the passer. And there's also been, uh, you know, some mocks with Chop Robinson and things like that. I know fans want offensive line. And, you know, you know me, I'm a big right. offensive line guy. Um, so I- I'm not opposed to that as either. But I also look at the 49ers defensive line. You have six defensive linemen under contract right now. 
Um, they typically have 10 to 11 in their rotation, and only three of those six are guaranteed starters. So to me, I look at defensive line as a huge position of need. And what you can find guys like these Darius Robinsons there at that 31, hopefully um, he doesn't boost his stock too much, but that could definitely be an option for them. Um, I know fans want to see guys like Graham Barton out of, out of Duke and other offensive linemen potentially going there, but I do think you can find a little bit better value on offensive linemen later as well, especially if you're going interior offensive line. So for me, personally and and when you're t- taking into roster construction into account I, I i do see that the 49ers could very very well go uh edge again i, I know it's almost like uh like a joke amongst 49er fans right. that the 49ers always take defensive linemen but i mean you look at the numbers you look at who's available they need offensive li- or defensive linemen yeah. so I, I do think that's a possibility brad graham here on the morning russell 95 7 game sf niners podcast cron for contributor uh at graham underscore sfn on twitter or x whatever the hell you call it these days no i'm with you with an edge rusher i think they need another edge rusher chase young's probably going to walk and who knows if gregory's going to be back and who the hell knows what's going on with Drake jackson i did he even leave pittsburgh after week one i didn't know if he left pittsburgh I haven't heard from since, Brad. I'm not trying to knock the young man, but I'm there with you. Let me ask you about Brendan Ayuk, though. John Lynch spoke about Brendan Ayuk, uh, maybe extended to him. The 49ers have been good with that, taking care of their own players, guys they draft, keeping them in-house and extending them. What's the, what's the, uh, what's your gut telling you about Brendan Ayuk here this offseason? Well, it was encouraging to hear you know John Lynch speak. Obviously, they're not going to get into too uh, much details sharing this with the press. You know, it's a ongoing negotiation we do know brandon Ayuk um is under contract next year they picked up his fifth year option but they want to get him extended um at least that's what we're hearing you know from from john lynch and so that's a good sign it sounds like you know they're saying the right things um we do know though this is the nfl anything can happen and there's a lot of things that i think need to get ironed out before that does happen but i think at the end of the day when you look at what brandon Ayuk wants you look at what john lynch and the 49ers want i think there's a path forward to make that work um but as you know it takes both sides to be able to push that forward so at least what we heard from john lynch is that it does sound very optimistic that he wants brandon Ayuk on the San Francisco 49ers for a long time. And I believe Brandon Ayuk wants to be a 49er as well. But just like I said, there there's certain things that need to be crossed or bridged um, in order for that to happen. And and uh, we'll see if, if that actually does happen here in the future. Brad, do you want uh, Brock Purdy to be a 49er for a long time? Because Vontae brings his A game every day. Like He's always got energy. He's fantastic at what he does. But we started talking about Brock Purdy today, and he took it was like four shots of espresso like like injected into his veins, and he turned it up a notch talking about Brock Purdy. And we were kind of speculating, and he asked me this question, so I'm going to pose it to you. Would you lock up Brock Purdy for a long time right now? I know you don't have to, but just hypothetically speaking, is he your guy for th- for the future? I mean, hypothetically, and just looking at it from my perspective of how I viewed the 49ers for a long time, Brock Purdy is the first stable quarterback that we've had in, it feels like, forever. So for me, and understanding that Brock Purdy just you know put in his first full year as a starter, um, was first in a 
ton of major statistical categories, was an MVP running. We understand he's got a lot of weapons and he's in a great system. We know all those talking points, but he also did a lot of great things himself. And I think one of the positives, you know, I was talking, you know, with my buddy Jason Aponte, you know, friend of the show as well. Um, We uh, were talking about, like, man, there's a lot of conversation about the Super Bowl, but it doesn't feel like Brock is one of those, which is pretty crazy considering Brock was the leading topic for the majority of the season, not only in the 49ers space, but across the league. So I think that's, again, another good sign for just Brock as being consistent, uh, a guy who you don't have to worry about. And that's, that's what it feels like John Lynch feels. Like when he was speaking to the media yesterday, it just feels like they feel that they have a guy, right. and now they can build around that guy. They don't have to keep searching, keep looking, keep trying to determine who that guy is going to be. They believe in Brock. Um, so for me, that that's kind of where I'm at. I, I feel the same way. I feel like, all right, now it's time to go maybe get some secondary help, get another cornerback, get some more defensive linemen some depth at linebackers, some tight ends, you know, let's, let's look and see how we can build this roster to keep competing for Super Bowls and hopefully win that elusive sixth ring. But I do feel like Brock provides a, a stability to the position that we haven't seen in so long. So for me, obviously there's going to be a conversation about how much, which is going to, change the dynamic a little bit but if you just had to say lock in brock and that's your guy and you now build a team around him i'm all for that stable stable is the adjective what do you think about that bond not special but stable you think you can oh, build I on agree. stable I, I i love stable i still love stability but gotta remember we also thought we're going to be stable with Kyle Kaepernick for a second and then jimmy garoppolo and then trey led but but, but, but let me ask you this were Brad. they stable though I mean, Jimmy, had a hell of a that, run. Brad never that used stable. That, yeah, that was volatile. Brad never that, used stable with Jimmy that, G. That, G yeah, ever. No, 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 that was volatile. That was not volatile. And Shanahan made it known that it was volatile. But at one point, Kaepernick did lead this team to back-to-back NFC Championship games. We thought we had a quarterback for the next 10 years. But let me ask you this, Brad. Because I, I, I like Brock. And a lot of people think I hate Brock or whatever. I'm just, look, I'm assessing the quarterback situation the way the 49er fans do every single year. What happens because I don't see it happening with the weapons that they have. But if it does happen, what if he does regress? What if he does? We know Shanahan. We know Shanahan. He could flip in a heartbeat, man. You know you know about Shanahan and patience. Those two words don't go together. So what happens if he does regress? Well, I think if, like, let's say Brock does take a substantial step backwards, obviously the 49ers have him next year still on his rookie deal. So that will all play into those conversations where I do think, you know, they would open up uh, the possibility. I think one of the things that the 49ers and Kyle Shanahan have proven is that they, they can love a guy, but they will also consistently look to improve at every single position. And if something happens where Brock takes a massive regression, sure. I, I think that's fair. Like, you have to assess every position, and especially when you're about to pay a guy potentially upwards to $30, $40 million right. per year, or maybe even more. Of course, you're going to have those conversations. So that makes sense. So, in that hypothetical world of Brock regressing, of course, my belief is Brock is going to improve, and I think he's going to continue to take steps forward as he has his first full offseason as a starter where he's not rehabbing and 
just trying to be available. Mm-hmm. He can now, you know, take his time, regroup, retool, relearn things that he struggled with. I still think he, there's there's levels to Brock where he can get even better. Uh, but again, yeah, what level is that? What you, is it is it vertical passing? Is it improv? I think he did a great job of improv. He got times at the Super Bowl. Is it the vertical vertical passing that you think he can improve at? I think I think he showed that he he was quality in the the vertical vertical passing game. I think he led the league and mm-hmm. uh, throws downfield um, beyond a certain mark. But um, yeah, I think just bringing it all together, you know, tying it all together. I mean, he already played at right. an extremely efficient level. I think the next thing in his game and his book is creating out of structure. We already know he can do that, right. but kind of taking it to another level. And, you know, I think probably the conversation that you're having is looking at Patrick Mahomes do all these crazy things. And you're just like, damn, at a certain point right. would love to have that for the 49ers. I do think Brock is capable of that. Yeah. So I think that's like the next level where he gains, gains even more comfortability. We know he can make the throws. We know he can make the reads. It's now like taking that next step of yeah. really being able to ad lib and and put the team on his back when things start breaking down. And I do think he's capable of doing that. Now, you know what? It was impressive in that Super Bowl. He didn't look overwhelmed. I'll say it about that. Like the bright lights came on. He came down the field and boom, boom, boom. Spag said, "Look, we had to get out our zone defense, man, because he was carving us up there." So that's right. on Brock. Uh, real quick here, who's the most likely cap casualty this coming upcoming offseason? Niners. Right now, what do they have? Like six million available in cap space. I know there's going to be a cap spike. Uh, Brendan Ayuk may get an extension, which will lower their cap number. They obviously free up some money here. So who's going to be a cap cause to a year by? What are you hearing around there in Indianapolis about the Niners? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, I know there's been a lot of conversation online about potential guys who could be cap candidates, right. you know, casualties due to the cap. Um, but honestly, I haven't really been hearing anything. And, you know, just taking a look at it, like with the spike, getting the $30 million additional in cap, that obviously allows them the flexibility. And if they're signing Brandon Ayuk, they're creating more cap space. So, you know, I, I honestly, I don't have a good answer. I don't want to just, you know, right. give you a name. No doubt. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't really have a, a, a great answer of like, oh, this guy might be right. on the out just due to money. Um, because when you look across the entire roster, you got your studs that are paid at the, the premier positions. They all look to be back. I, I don't see guys like Juice getting cut or Greenlaw mm-hmm. getting cut or any of those things happening. Um, yeah, so that I'm was silly. I heard some of that. I, I don't know where that came from, where Juice or Greenlaw is going to get cut. That sounded stupid to me. That was very, very irresponsible. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like I didn't. I try to stay away from my line, Brad. I'm not going to. I'm sorry. I'm keeping it. You know me, Brad. I keep it real, man. I saw some of that I stuff. I said, it. you know what? I'm logging off of Twitter. I you, yeah, I, 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 I had to mute the word 49er for a while after the Super Bowl <laughs> because I was like, oh, here comes this silly stuff here. I, I guess we can see some restructuring here with some of these deals. But no, that, that's fair, Brad. I, I wanted to throw that out because I know a lot of things are happening in Indianapolis. Tell us what it's like before we get you out of here because uh, we are up against it. What is? Because I've never been to the Combine out there uh, in Indianapolis. I heard it's a great time. Tell us what it's like to cover the Combine, see these players work out from college, whether it's wide receivers, quarterbacks, offensive linemen, guys hitting the weights. And then, of course, I hear the bar scene is great. What is it like covering the NFL <laughs> Combine, Brad? <laughs> oh, man, dude, it, it's phenomenal. Like it, Obviously, you know, Bonte, you and I, like we're, we're football nerds, man. Right. Like. We geek out about this stuff. So, like, 
you know, as long as you're fine with running off two to three hours sleep, like this is the, <laughs> such a phenomenal event because you get to get face-to-face time. Coaches, GMs yesterday, today, we're talking to defensive line. We're going to be able to talk to every single position group. So you mm. get that face-to-face. And then we're going to be doing field drills um, throughout the rest of the week. But again, you talked about the, the, the night, the nightclub scene. <laughs> I heard it gets crazy. Um, it's, <laughs> it's legitimately insane. I remember I walked into the steakhouse the first time I, I, I ventured out into that world. I walked through the door. I looked to my right. I lock eyes with Mike Tomlin. First person I see, I'm like, oh, that's the Pittsburgh Steelers head coach, wow. Mike Tomlin. Wow. And then there's Mike McDaniel and Adam Peters and Jerry Jones. And it's just like, oh, there's, Albert Breer, there's, you know, Ian Rappaport, like there, it's crazy, dude. They're like NFL players. It's wild. Like it is really, really wild. It's like, and of course, you know, everyone's just, we're all normal people. Mm-hmm. They might have big time jobs and they're in the spotlight and all that other stuff, but it's like, you get around them. It's like, this is normal people, right. man. So it's really just an awesome experience. You know, if, if you really love football like that, to be able to evaluate, you know, do the interviews, the networking, uh, and just being around a ton of like-minded individuals who just want to talk ball, be around ball. Um, it, it's great. Like, it, yeah. it really is. Because, you know me, I'm, I'm just a total right. football nerd. You are. So you get me yep. out here, and I'm just I'm geeking wow. out, having a, the time of my life, man. No, the combine was made for guys like you, Brad. I, I used to be, like, <laughs> I, I've kind of tapered down a little bit due to my Warriors duties, but... I, I just of remember course. being at home watching the combine every single drill forty times. The two twenty five bench press, you know, cold drills, shuttle drills, guys throwing the football. Like I, I love the water wall coverage of the NFL com, NFL combine out there in Indianapolis, man. I got to get there one day. That's on my bucket list. But oh, you, you know, you got to get out here, Bonte. You no got, you won't regret it. No, no, maybe NBC will fire me one day. They'll give me some time off. Hopefully that doesn't <laughs> happen anytime soon. But Brad Graham, you're always good to us, man. Give up the great work, man. It's been far too long since we had you on the show. We'll continue to follow your work and thanks for sending some light on what's going on with the Forty Nine ers and John Lynch at the combine. Bye, man. Keep up the good work, Brad. Be safe out there at Indy. Of course. Thanks for having me on. Anytime. Brad Grab, SF Niners podcast. Of course, he is good. Uh, at Grab underscore SFN on Twitter. Um, a lot of perspective there. Like, whoever, I don't know where, who the hell said that. Cut juice and Greenlaw. That's what's, and you're going to trade Ayuk. Like, I, we got to stop. We got to stop doing this stuff, man. It's almost like saying, it's here? almost like evaluating spring training after two games. That, Same dude, kind of thing. No, it's not the same. It's the same kind of thing if you tweet and evaluate spring training after Come on, two man. games. <laughs> Come on, man. Anyways. Come on, man. If it, you it's... could have drinks with one NFL coach, who would it be? Mike McDaniel would be the top of my list. I would, I would want to sit down with that dude. Look, 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 look. He's, he's, he's now become my favorite coach. Bill Belichick's not a coach anymore, so I would say Bill Belichick. No, no, he counts. And one uh, NFL coach you can have your drinks coach. with. You get one. You sit mm. down, it's just you and him one-on-one. You get to hang out for a couple of drinks. Damn, that's a tough question. <sighs> that's easy for me. It's McDaniel. Easy. Hear, Mike McDaniel. I want to hear from Andy Reid. I want to get to know Big Andy. Really? Because he loves man? food. I love food. You see the suits getting tight on me, man. I, I mean, I've never turned down a burger. Andy Reid doesn't turn down burgers. We'll talk to Andy Reid. Maybe sound a little boring, but I want to talk to Andy. Oh, that's a, yeah. That's a good that's a good pick. Kyle I mean, Kyle Tomlin would be, would be great. Kyle would be cool too. Sean McVay would be great. Kyle Shanahan would be great. Jim Harbaugh would be awesome. That'd be a trip. <laughs> That'd be like, whoa. But you know what? He's a different dude. We don't have to talk to any coaches. 
Yeah. We've got the best coach in the Bay Area on the line right now. It's Tony in Oakland. Oh, there you go. <laughs> wow, thank you for such accolades. But first of all, that Brad dude you were just speaking to, Bonte, you are not a nerd. To me, a nerd is someone without intuition, without field sense. Mm. Someone like Shanahan, who, Santangelo, you called, you called uh, Shanahan a, um, an alpha male. I mean, has the idea what a male is totally plummeted recently? But, I mean, okay, and you played baseball, Maybe. right, for the Giants and stuff? Yeah. So how could you call Shanahan an alpha male? I just don't even believe it. Okay, this is perfect. Remember how uh, I told you about I had a plan, right? right? Okay, well, let's start out with Santangelo here. Okay, you know how things are going down these days with the analytics and AI? Yep. Well, analytics only takes in like 80% of what's happening, the obvious stuff. It doesn't get into the X factor. So here's Shanahan because, you know, there's very few people who can be leaders. So, you know, I can't be hard on Shanahan because there's very few people, you know, like Belichick or whatever. So everyone else just, you know, and Shanahan's one. He kind of knows plays, but he can't read the field. And you were saying that he had to get the respect of the players. That boy ain't getting any respect. He loses it. As soon as it push comes to shove, he folds like a cheap suit, and he's like cowardly out there, no courage. They ain't following him, and Bosa has a point. Bosa's sitting down because no one's firing him up. He doesn't have a coach. Now, let me ask you, did you get in the zone when you played baseball? Tried to. Okay, well, you know, not that you tried to. You know what it's like. You're playing one way, and suddenly you feel it. It's like when you, you go, when you're practicing your batting, and you go to the cage till you feel like you have it, right? And then you can leave. Isn't that true? <laughs> true. The zone is it's something if I could bottle and sell, I wouldn't be talking to you right now. I'd be a quadrillionaire. Well, I know how, because what this is, <laughs> is electromagnetism. It's a frequency. So if you have that, you can pass it on to others. All you have to say is, tell me about the last time you got in, when you made that pat, when you did this, when you did that, and I can feel who has it, and then they get it, they're mirroring with you, and it goes through the whole group. This is how you, you don't bottle it, you put it out there, and it's hey, Tony, Tony, we're up against it here. we got to get the Fast Five. I wanted to hear your voice, but guess what? I'm going to the U.S. Open in late August, Tony. I'm going you to the U.S. Open. You are next Sitting next to old Brad, are you? No, I, I'm not going to reveal anything there, but I'm going to be in Flushing Meadows, New York. I'm going to the U.S. Open. Oh, that's great. But, Bonte, we can do this. This defies analytics, and, and everyone's ready for AI to, to be a smackdown on them. They won't even remember what it is to call their own plays. Like the NASCAR, they got someone in their ear the entire yeah. time. So we need Shedahead. We need Shedahead. Let's get into Shedahead, though. We'll get that. Tony, give us a call back tomorrow. I want to get some warrior takes from Tony. It's all over Shedahead. It's not out. She is. She's something else, isn't she? Yeah. I love Tony. She's great. <laughs> got to bottle up this old man. <laughs> got to bottle it up. Got to bottle up. I like how she just calls you. She doesn't call you at peace. She calls you Santangelo. That's sweet. She's that nice. is sweet. I like her. <laughs> I do. Love, I love Tony. I love all of It's time guys. for the Xfinity Fast Five. <laughs> your last chance to get in on the morning roast. Brought to you by Xfinity. Supercharge your home with supersonic Wi-Fi on 
unbeatable internet, only from Xfinity. <laughs> oh, man. What's, what's the thought? Go ahead. <laughs> I got you going today. I know how to get you going now. We've been doing enough shows. I learned that you hate Nick Bosa, and you hate Brock Purdy, and you hate their guts, and you hate Kyle Shanahan, and you hate everything to do with the 49ers. That's what I learned today. <laughs> hey, hey, man, the Super Bowl loss, man. I hate everybody, man. Uh, it gets a little. Hey, man, Nick Bosa ticked me off after the Super Bowl, man. <laughs> That's the last thing. I don't want to hear from Bosa right now. $120 million, dude. Go get 15 sacks next year, man. I don't want to hear excuses from you. My final thought is, how cool was Clay last night on NBC Sports Bay Area? Dude. Seriously. The perspective, the transition to the bench. Now he's made it. Now everybody can shut the hell up about Clay Thompson. Let's play ball, man. Look, FP, I, I love this time of year. I love it. Baseball's coming around. Right? We're going to get opening day soon. The Bud Team. All the chalk. Everybody's eating sunflower seeds. Packed stadiums all across the country. You get March Madness. And you get the last 25 games of the regular season. It's go time. This is the gateway to summer, folks. I'm starting to feel it, FP. I'm feeling it right yeah, now. We got, a game in the, we got a game in the garden tomorrow night, too. Let's go, baby. Let's go, man. Clay's Let's relaxed. Go. He's playing good basketball. He's going to play chess in Central Park today. Let's go. My man Clay, man. Oh, same old Clay. Uh, David Douglas on YouTube says he wants Tony to get a podcast. I would definitely listen to that podcast every day. Uh, but my I've final been... thought is uh, attention to San Francisco Giants. I'm officially banning everyone on that team from getting hurt for the rest of spring. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Keaton Wynn, Tristan Beck, Jung-Hoo Lee's sore. I know it's spring. Stop getting hurt. That's the one thing I want in spring training. Zero injuries. I like that, Lubbock. I like that. Look, hey, by the way, special shout-out to Sam Lubbock. What would the name of the podcast be? Microdose? Microdose. In the Zone with Tony, with Tony from Oakland. Oh, oh I like zone? that. In All the right. Zone with Tony in Oakland. Can I be a co-host on that show? Oh, you're probably going to be a frequent guest, I would assume. Uh, probably. I'll, 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 zoom, I'll Zoom guest with Tony's with, show. With, with your voice, man, you got to be a part of it. All right, man, I would love to be a part of that. By the way, shout out to Sam Lubman. Boss Man Live City is going to be here at 8 o'clock. It's 10 o'clock right now. Sam Lubman. Held it down, took all the calls, booked all the guests, played all the sound, played all the music. Let me in. I have a key card. I lost it. Love did it. Everything Special shout out to you. You better get a raise soon, buddy. I'll fight for you. That was Fast Five brought to you by Xfinity at home or on the go. You'll get the fastest internet to all of your devices. Starting Guru next to talk some sports, talk some doves. Maybe they'll get the Niners. What guests do they have? I don't know. But you better listen to find out. Starting Guru coming up next here on 95.7 Game. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.